Mike, turn your games down. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 176 of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Hubbard, and who's running through Castlevania with me tonight? Hey, it's uh, Kickstarter stretch goal, Carrie Chandler, Carusetta <laughs> on Twitch. And Josh Carmel, the friend from Overblood online community. Oh, and it was your first time on the show, so thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm going to put this in the intro, so I have no choice but to do it later. I am going to be doing a Steam giveaway. I've been meaning to do a Steam giveaway for about three weeks, and I keep forgetting. So there, at some point in the middle of this episode, there will be a Steam code giveaway. Do I know what? No idea, but there will be one. I have 25 codes to choose from, so surprise. <laughs> All right. And we are here to talk about Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, developed by Artplay, published by 505 Games, came out in... 2019. Oh, okay. So it was right before the end of the world. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was older. I thought it was older than that. It was. It was announced in like 2014. So it was. It was a while. Okay. It was. This is one of those like perpetual Kickstarters. Yeah, this game was announced like so long ago. I remember back in maybe Comic Con 2016, 2017. There was a demo New York Comic Con that I got to play. Oh, that's and cool. Yeah, I had no, I was not a fan of Castlevania at the time or like anything like that. So I was just kind of wandering around, saw the demo, played it. I was like, oh, that was pretty fun. That was pretty cool. And then lo and behold, like two years later, maybe like 2018, I became like huge Castlevania fan. And then, of course, when Bloodstained came out. Yeah, it was great. I loved it. And I was like, I can't believe I didn't realize what I was playing at the time. Yeah, I didn't kick. I, I never kickstarted anything, but I can. This is a game that. I don't. I wasn't as into Egovanias at that time, or Metrovanias, or whatever word we want to use. I wasn't into them at that time as much as I am now. That that grew yeah, on was, me later. Yeah, this is my favorite genre of games. I didn't really get super into them until I think 2017 is when I really got into them pretty hard. And you know, the Symphony of the Night <laughs> is probably maybe my third or fourth favorite game ever. And I never played it before, like, 2017 or 2016, maybe. Might have been 2016. So and that's kind of when I got into it. And now, you know, I've beaten it multiple times, you know, and played randomizers and all that. And I've now, like, gone through and played uh, basically all of them. So I still haven't yet. I, I kind of regret that. There's a bunch of Metrovanias that I just, I've skipped. For oh, well, yeah, there's hundreds of, oh, oh you mean well, specific Castlevania ones. I never series. played, oh, God, I won't. I never played Order of Ecclesia. Order of Ecclesia. And yeah, I haven't played that one. I haven't played that one or uh, Portrait of Ruin. Dawn of Sorrow is great. And speaking of Egovania, that's one of Ega's games. Well, Dawn of Sorrow is going to happen now because somebody told me there's a mod where I can get rid of the stupid having to draw the glyph. I can just yes. click something. So I'm, I'm, it's going to be on the show now. Absolutely. <laughs> that, that is the way to play it because that is the literally the only bad thing about that game, in my opinion. Otherwise, yes. I would say it's the best of the, of the, uh, of his games probably oh it's yeah, first and one it's too. not even that bad part of the game like it no. you're just tracing you know it's not like you have to memorize anything you're just like all right yeah let's let's but I'm do not... this whatever and you only have to do it like you only have to do it like six times too yeah but yeah. like i love don of sorrow i mean, aria of sorrow i personally like it better um, i think just because of its simplicity sometimes less is more but yeah. don of sorrow is still a they're both masterpieces yeah, yeah, they they really are. I played Donna Sorrow and then Aria of Sorrow. So for me, Donna Sorrow's the one I prefer. But Aria of Sorrow is the one where like I'll play randomizers also. So mm. 
like I've I've got I have a randomizer run of RSR going right now actually. Yeah, a few years ago <laughs> I went GameStop hunting just to find physical copies of those DS games. Good luck. And the only one I'm missing I think still is Order of Ecclesia. Um, yeah. Yeah, because that one's hard to find and expensive. But I exactly still haven't insane. started Portrait of Ruin either. So I'm excited to get into those. Portrait events. of Ruin is really good. I wonder if Order of Ecclesia is on the Wii U eShop. I don't think it is. Konami. Uh, all I well, say. Uh, did Konami take stuff down? Because I bought. That's where I bought most of the uh, these games. Oh, it's on oh. the Wii U eShop. I, I don't. I last time I used my Wii U was to buy Pokemon Snap for this show because <laughs> I couldn't emulate it <laughs> very well. I can't tell. I, I I don't I don't I won't use Nintendo Digital Shop because I got burned with the Virtual Console on the Wii where I bought a ton of games and then my girlfriend at the time took her took her took our Wii with us because I said she could if she left and then she left and I was like oh that wasn't a good idea so yeah. <laughs> we could we we could we've been we've been saying Egavania a bunch do we want to talk about who we're talking Wait, about Ega is the guy that made the Castlevania game Symphony of the Night. And made the, the games that kind of really, in my opinion, jumped off the Metrovania style. He did Circle of Moon, Area Sorrow, Harmony Disavents for GBA, and then Order of Ecclesia, Portrait of Ruin, and Dawn of Sorrow for DS. Yes, I know I said those in the wrong order, but uh, uh, and, a bu- and a bunch of others. <laughs> I mean, he he actually goes back like he is. Um, he was on. He's got like a special thanks credit in Castlevania Rondo of Blood which is my favorite of the traditional Castlevanias. So good. Yeah. I never uh, played it. Yeah. I, well, I've only played the remake uh, for the PSP, the Dracula X, oh. which is like a 2.5 D remake of it. But yeah, okay. he's got a special thanks in there and it's cause he was dating someone on the staff <laughs> is what I think that is. But he worked for, he also was working for Konami at the time. He was just making other stuff, but okay. But that's um, what he's, he's yeah most he's for. he's the assi- assistant director on Symphony of the Night and then he's the executive producer on all those other games and he yeah he's so whenever people talk about Metroidvanias they'll sometimes break that down into your more shooty type like Metroid is Metroidvania and your more jump around with a sword type is your Egovanias like Hollow Knight and so on which I like better. I like when I can level up because I get lost tons in games like this. I did in this game too. And getting experience for backtracking to me will keep that little ticker in my head going and I won't lose. And I, I'll be having more fun because I know at least I'm gaining something for my time that I'm wandering about doing nothing. Yeah. The RPG elements is probably another key factor of what makes it an Egovania versus a Metroidvania. But because I don't like, I don't like it if I don't have RPG elements. I mean, I will play it. I have, but I don't, yeah. it's not the same. I need that RPG element to make me really want to dig into the game. Like example, this game, I had played it once before back in 2020. Uh, my previous co-host, Mike had bought this for me for, for my birthday and I had never played it before. I'm like, okay. And, and I, and I started playing it and I got really into it in November. But then, you know, with the show, I, busy with other games and then december came and i was i worked at fedex at the time so i was working 60 hours a week six days a week i just couldn't i couldn't keep playing it then if i fall off a game i I can't go back i have to beat a game. i have to play a game pretty consistently otherwise i just and i just couldn't do it anymore and i was also trying not to cheat which is really strange of me not to cheat in a game like not to use a map not to look up stuff and then i just got stuck i just got too busy and life moved on and then i'm like i'll get to this someday and and that's why it's on the show because i just like I gotta, I gotta play this damn game. (laughs) 
Yeah, like I love the the RPG elements in the in specifically in uh, Bloodstained because it's just mm-hmm. you know having all the different types of weapons was really fun. But like sometimes the games can like I was saying before, less is more. You know, like yeah. Aria of Sorrow has that like perfect mix of RPG elements and also keeping it simple, like a Metroid game. Like it, the RPG elements are there. Yeah, are not a- overwhelming. Yeah, Aria is a small map. You can only equip two shards at a, or two souls at a time. <laughs> and and that's kind of what I tell people. It's like, Aria is great. And then Dawn of, Saria, Dawn of Sorrow is, hey, you like Aria? Here's Aria, but some more of that. And then Ritual Denied is, oh, you liked Aria and Dawn of Sorrow? Here's that, but like triple that much. You know, oh, you, you, you want, instead of two souls, you're going to have like six souls equipped at once. And also, yeah. like, full set, you know, you're not going to just have armor and weapon. You're going to have something in each hand and just, like, all that kind of stuff. But I still, I love it. And, and this is, Symphony of the Night is my one of my favorite games, but Bloodstained is, I, I don't know. It's one of those where I'm like, it's not my favorite, but I do, I do really hold it up there. And I think without the nostalgia and the a time commitment I've put in those, in those other games, it would maybe be my favorite, but I also do see what you're saying that the less is more thing. This game, it's dense. There's oh, a lot. Yes. And there's and a I, lot of, there's a lot of shards that you're just never going to touch. Yeah. But also like something I think the game does very well is that the map isn't too big. I think it's perfectly sized oh, yeah, and it fits so much content into its perfect size. Like it could have been probably twice the size. Mm-hmm. And would have felt barren, you know. Because I feel like a lot of games, castle. it it feels it feels right. like it's half the size of Symphony of the Night. Yeah, and yeah. and not even counting the 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 inverted castle part. Yeah, uh, okay. it's and I like a bit. That they still put an invert in this though. But his you you invert instead of the I, I like that. I, I do mean, like really, that too. Yeah, but really, just like I guess the main castle is about as big as Symphony of the Night, right? But then I you also so. have like I, it feels smaller to me, but maybe if, yeah, it I feels know. a little smaller, yeah. But then there's also like the little extra like eight bit areas, you know, like the side areas <laughs> oh, yeah. that kind of like give it a little bigger feeling, even though it's not as big, right? Like it has all these little secret things in yeah, the castle you for mean like the millionaire's room and the warhorse room and things like that, or yeah, or the eight bit, the eight bit. Did you the eight bit boss that you have in this game? Where you literally end up look like you're playing a Nintendo game for a little bit. Yeah, it's what? fantastic. What am I? You never done this, huh? I don't think I. There's in the top left corner when you right by where you go fight. Oh, there will be spoilers for this game. It doesn't matter. But <laughs> when you go fight Gebel, uh, there's a ceiling you can break. When you break the ceiling, you go in there and you get a, you get the Celeste key and a couple other things. If you but... break, the, if you jump up and break the wall on the far left side, you go into a, another special room with a picture of e- with an actual portrait of Ega. And a glowing bookcase that then sends you to an eight-bit world, looks like eight-bit Castlevania, and you fight a boss. Oh, okay. Yeah, I did, you go I did through like a whole eight-bit level. I, I did that when I beat the game like four or five years ago. And okay. I, I forgot about that. Yeah. No. Okay. I remember that now. Okay. And, and there's a like super a cool whole... Easter egg of just yeah. yeah, and there's a bunch of eight-bit like songs that Yamane composed for it, and like there's there's surprising amount of eight-bit songs that she composed for this game. But yeah. That's really cool. I mean, that's what I mean. This game is kind of, I guess, considered a spiritual successor to Symphony of the Night in a sense. Yeah, I mean, it can't. It, it's it's Castlevania with the serial numbers filed off because he left Konami and then made this with a, as a Kickstarter. Yeah, I mean, because 
it plays. I mean, it. You have freaking a character in here that looks just like Alucard. You have a car- a boss fight that looks just like a zombie version of Simon Belmont. Like you have all that, that stuff yeah. in here. And 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 like I mean, like Josh just mentioned, um, you've got uh, Michiro Yamane doing the music. Who she's she's got she's done music on other Castlevania games before too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she did all the she did almost all the Castlevania games since uh, Rondo of Blood. I want to yeah. say so. She did, yeah, she's done Blood all Lines. of that music. Yeah, yeah this game could have Blood Symphony of the Night. Actually, Blood's Bloodlines. I think Blood was her Lines. first. Yeah, was her first game. Yeah, Genesis. which is right after it's the Genesis. The Genesis game is also very <laughs> underrated. Yeah. yeah, did an episode about yeah, that. Yeah. I, I played. I played. I think that is included in the Dracula X Chronicles as an unlockable, if I remember correctly. It's not. It's in the Castlevania collection. Oh, it's a Castlevania anniversary. Collection. Okay, it's a super yeah, Nintendo one that's unlockable in uh, Rondo. Yes, I mean, Dracula, in X, Dracula X, which is the Super Nintendo Super version of Rondo Blood, but yeah, it has Super Nintendo it has a Super Nintendo version of Rondo Blood, and then uh, Symphony of the Night unlockable. That's right. Yeah, those Rondo Blood versions are so weird because you have the Super Nintendo version, Dracula X. And then you have the PC engine, like Rondo of Blood, you know, proper. Right. Yeah. And then you and have then, the PSP remake. Which and, has all of it. Yeah. And I <laughs> yeah. still feel like that original version, which they re-released on PS4 with the Requiem collection, whatever it's called, yes. is it's still the best. Just like that. The art in that is perfect. And the the sound font that that game has is just punches so hard. It's great. It is. It is really good. Yeah, I am. Um, I normally I don't like to rebuy games, but I've bought. Gosh, I've bought Symphony of the Night like four, four times now, <laughs> in one way or another. I just and I just got a PS5 in the fall, and one of the first things I did was buy that Requiem collection when it came out. Or the Requiem collection. Hey, you're letting Konami know that you want more. That's <laughs> that's my thing. I bought all the Konami collections, including the Contra one, and I hate Contra. I hate. Yeah. Them. I just I didn't buy because any I, other wanted to, I wanted to vote with my dollar for Konami to keep putting out games instead of making pachinko machines. Yeah, I just didn't get the greatest one, but I also got the um, that limited run, ultimate big ultra collector's edition for oh, yeah. the for the anniversary collection. Right. I bought that like a year and a half ago, and I'm still waiting for an update on it. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, but like, I need konami to know that hey people want castlevania games and if you're not gonna you know do anything with it just please sell it please at least, at sell least off your ips least, yeah so yeah i bought the i bought the castlevania collection the contra collection the space shoot 'em up collection the advanced collection and requiem i should i should buy the <laughs> and advanced I, collection I mean. and on top of that i've also bought i've also bought something night on on ps1 <laughs> and then i've i've got i've got a, i've got at least one ps1 copy of it i brought it on psp <laughs> yeah i don't know how many times i've bought symphony of the night yeah i'm just um and then the thing is is i almost exclusively play symphony night randomizers on my pc so <laughs> well, there you go then they have it on mobile now too that came out yeah I, I i didn't buy it on mobile but <laughs> it's surprisingly like with touch controls works Way better than you think. Like they have good like button assignments uh, on the sides. Yeah. It's it's not that bad. It it it's it's not great, but it's not that <laughs> bad. If it goes on sale, I might buy it. But but <laughs> it, 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 I I just I hope that Koji Igarashi gets a little a little bit of each of those. He gets like ten cents every time I do that. Or probably. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I I feel like pro- knowing Konami, they probably have something in the contract where you're just disassociated. But who knows? They don't seem yeah. like the best. I love their games. 
Uh, speaking of the the Kickstarter, also, have y'all played um, Curse of the Moon? Yes. I have not. It there, will be on the show, by the way. So Curse of the Moon was a, a stretch goal, that, and it's a prequel, but it actually came out a year before Ritual of the Night. Or, I mean, yeah. Yeah, it came out before because it was taking so long for Ritual of the Night to get done that they wanted to yeah. put something. Mm-hmm. And they, they had, yeah, but it had been a stretch goal that they would make like a, an, you know, 8-bit like. And uh, it's Plastic basically, band, yeah. yeah, it's it's a yeah. spiritual successor to Castlevania 3. And it's in that same style where you switch between characters and you have and all that. But it, it's really neat because I played it after Ritual of the Night. And so I played Ritual of the Night and you keep having all these characters show up and it's like, it's you, it's you, it's this mm-hmm. person. And you're like, why am I supposed to know these people? And then I played Curse of the Curse of the Moon. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> you it's, really should. You really are supposed to play Curse of the Moon first. It's a prequel, right? Yeah, it is. So you play okay. as Zengetsu in that as the main character. And then you unlock Miriam, Gebel, What's his name? Alf- is it Alfred. Alfred? Alfred. And I'm trying to think. I think there's a fourth character. A fourth. Oh, no. That uh, is- yeah, what's her name? Her the, woman. The boss. Dominique. Yes, Dominique. Oh, okay. Oh, I you, didn't- can play, you can play as her? I, know, I didn't. I, I did not. Uh, Maybe that's just in two. Yeah, that might be in two. I'm looking at the wiki. It says Miriam, Alfred, Gebel, and then you start as Zengetsu. Yeah, I, I played. I played through one. I, I beat it. It took me. Uh, it was. It was hard. I played on a 3ds, and then yeah, I haven't bought. I haven't bought hard. two yet, but I plan to. Me too. We're gonna I, cover both of those as minis on the show eventually. So. Yeah, I liked two a lot more. I think just the characters that they had were a lot more like fun to play as. But yeah. So it's it's a it's a whole new set of characters. Well, then get to and Miriam are still playable, but then you have Dominique and a little dog that is in giant mech. I can't remember the name <laughs> yeah, of it. Yeah, my attention. It's fantastic. I love mechs. Yeah, it's like a little corgi that's in a giant mech suit. A it's corgi amazing. piloting a steampunk mech. That's what it's. Okay. Nice. Then, yeah, we are definitely covering that as a mini at some point then. It's Hachi. Hachi, and, yes. Yeah, you play Zangetsu, Dominique, Robert, and Hachi. Okay. Oh, Robert. Yeah, he's so, a guy, guy, he has like, a sniper rifle. It looks interesting. I mean, this yeah, game, like, I do want to say, like, like, I know a lot of people compare, well, of course, people compare it to Symphony Night, but I do feel like this is really the continuation of where he would have went had he been able to make another one on, on, on consoles. Like, this is, it has that feeling of it where it tried to do what Symphony Night did, but turn it up, in a sense. Yeah, absolutely. It, it adds so much to it. I mean, the gameplay is very much like Dawn of Sorrow, Area of Sorrow, yeah, the whole like, idea. It really is more like Dawn of Sorrow or, or yeah. Sorrow because of the, the shards. But that continuation of just the fact that it's now on, you know, a next gen system. I mean, I played this on PC, but, it, you know, it's on everything. But it was a next, it yeah. was very much a next gen game. And I mean, the graphics are beautiful. I, I love the way this game looks. I love the style of, the, of all the different enemies. I think Miriam, the main character, just looks, I mean, she reminds me completely, I've never played it, but it reminds me completely of Shinoa from Order Ecclesia. Yeah, I have to say that is the thing I don't like about it is I'm not no. a fan of like anime cheesecake stuff and Miriam <laughs> and her like little like French maid outfit that you can change the hat and the hair. But no matter what armor you put on, she's always in the little skimpy French maid outfit. I think that's kind of I think that's a little dumb. Honestly, I liked it, but I can look at the Shovel Knight armor, right there. You can wear the Shovel Knight armor. Oh, does that does that actually change it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. She becomes a shovel knight essentially. Oh right, because it's like the axe knight armor in Symphony of the Night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The axe I, knight, I yeah. like that though. <laughs> I like the design. But I completely understand where you're coming from. I just completely makes sense. I did like it that every so often her, her armor would change. Like there's certain dresses that you wear, and she's in a different outfit. Slightly, yeah. Will change. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would have I would have preferred if it if they had put in the time and effort to make it actually the armor actually change her appearance more or put on a non like yeah just uh, yeah, <laughs> non slutty I mean, version. Yeah, I just I just think that's I I think that like I said I'm not a big fan of the anime cheesecake thing. I think it's a little silly. But yeah, that's I, really, I, yeah. really my only complaint with the game. Honestly, is that yeah, her design doesn't really do anything for me. I like the tattoos thing that she has. That's like stained glass. But like other yeah. than that, yeah, I mean. It's cool. Yeah. I think but it stained, definitely, the whole stained glass motif in this game is pretty neat. Yeah. It definitely feels like a true continuation of what would come after Order of Ecclesia. You know, rather than a lot of people just call it a spiritual successor to Symphony of the Night. But it definitely is just a continuation of what Ego would do next. And yeah. it is what he did next. And yeah, it really is just the next Castlevania game. It really is like, you know, it's like if if his company had decided to keep making video games then this is <laughs> what they would have eventually come out with probably yeah uh, very only much. would have been it would not it would not have had some of the the fun easter egg stuff in it probably like, like there would not portraits. have been sho- yeah no shovel knight yeah no, no portraits of like kickstarter backers and their cats on the walls most of yeah, my son was watching me play, and he's like, "Who are those people on the portraits?" And I'm like, "Oh, there's a Kickstarter backers." And then we come up to one, and there's just a cat. And he's like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> yeah, the cat donated. I I love that. I love little Easter eggs in this game. I love all the throwbacks to Castlevania yeah. that you find, like Shovel, Shovel Knight. Knight. Shovel Knight is an enemy. is great because Shovel Knight's one of my favorite games, also. And great game. He's he's like people kind of call him, you know, like an indie game slut because he'll just be he he'll show up <laughs> yeah. in every indie game. Yeah, I think honestly, I probably would have preferred him to be a boss rather than just like oh, a regular yeah. enemy throughout the game. Like that could have been really fun. But I still like how he's normal enemy, and you get to see him a lot. And you like basically, like I said before, you get to wear his armor. Yeah, especially if you shard, farm him. Shard, you get to yeah. you get the shovel as a weapon, and then there's a shard where you is it? Do you throw the shovel? I think with one of the shards. I can't shard. remember. I. I, I didn't I didn't experiment with the shards. I mean, like, I love the fact that they're there. Like, you are right. There are so many abilities you can get in this game. And you can upgrade them, and they change. Some of them change as you upgrade them. Yes. Yeah, and it's but pretty I, balanced. You know, it's not like there's one. Well, I think there is there's one. There's a couple that are really good. There are a couple a that couple. are really upper. But there's a couple. Uh, you know, it's not just like there's one thing that's really overpowered, and you just kind of, like, filter into this one move set like you have a lot of choices in this game that are pretty well balanced and yeah. it really can speak to your play type there and, are some things yeah. that are a little overpowered though well yeah one of the but things like, but they're is, also is, more near the end like i didn't get yeah, the really is, good shards until yeah. like the laser one that i used like to that, beat the, the game holy laser yeah that holy laser is powerful that riga stormera you get pretty early and I upgraded that thing to like super and that thing just like walk into a room, wipe out every enemy on the screen. <laughs> just like when you're running through the castle and you don't want to have to bother with enemies, just run in Riga Stormera. And it even breaks the lanterns. And so you get your mana back as you run through the room. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, <laughs> it kind of feels like Dark Souls games. Yes. They, they took a lot from Dark Souls games and I they learned, I think, a lot, but not like took directly yeah, like the, yeah. your moveset it can directly you know speak to your play style if you don't want to exactly. play with swords you don't have to like your difficulty can pertain to what your play style would be and yeah, i think that's it, great this, this playthrough i used a club almost the entire game which i don't <laughs> normally do i normally like to use swords mm. i think the first time i played i used um like a katana for most of my playthrough mm-hmm. 
and then this time I played with the uh, it's the the staff. Well, there's two of them. So there's one that you get pretty early. You can get pretty early, but it's like not super common drop, and it's a like pretty powerful. And then later you get one that is like especially powerful underwater, but it's actually still powerful when you're out of the water too. And so I, I used that for most of the game. That's what makes this game so cool. There's so much to it. I used a katana build the entire yeah. game because I, I got into katanas somewhat early and I found out that I loved the way they felt and the yeah, power. And I just feel I never left that. And then you get Zangetsu's katana later in the game, late in the game. Well, kind of three fourths of the way through the game. And it's pretty good, too. So I had it for I, a little bit. Then I made something better. Yeah. Yeah. That's the other thing. So you get those coins the eight bit coins and they let you build like kind of like unique named weapons. Yeah, I didn't. I only got the eight bit one and I didn't get anything too good. Yeah. I, so mm. you only get one of those per playthrough. Is that for new game plus? Cause I only got one also. You I think buy there's one. hidden. You only get one eight bit coin in, in like very early air, but I think there's other ones later in the game you can get that are more hidden, but I'm not See, sure. I didn't, I didn't find any this time. Um, I know that the fur you can buy them from, I keep forgetting her name. Dominique. Dominique. I keep wanting to call her Joanna for some reason. <laughs> yeah, Dominique. You can buy them from Dominique and you can but they're really expensive. It's like a hundred thousand or something like that. Yeah, me. it's something ridiculous, yeah. which I never I never had that much at one time because I spend my money in this game like crazy. Yeah. And, yeah, and definitely. The thing is is the unique weapons aren't really that powerful. They're just interesting. <laughs> you know, like there's they're like named weapons and they have like special weapon effects and they do special elemental or type damage and stuff so like i uh to beat real i I, be, I made like a dark a dark sword to beat zangetsu with the first time just because he's weak to dark okay or, he's he's the second boss in this game but he's really the, yeah. the the point where i think a lot of people like it was back when this game first came out i remember i was listening to player one podcast and they were talking about how they were having a hard i don't know if they ever finished it but i remember them talking about it and they were having a hard time with the first Zangetsu fight. And I had heard about it yeah. over the years, like how hard that, that it's just, it, and it really is. It's, it's the fight that can really break you. If you're not, it's kind of like that checkpoint. Like you need to know how to play this game or you're not going to, or in it, my it, case, it is, farm food. I would say jo- Josh mentioned dark souls or and Smo are that in dark souls. They're the, the, what you call the skill check boss up yeah. until, up until Ornstein and Smo, you can kind of brute force your way through dark souls. But when you get to Ornstein and Smo, <laughs> You have to actually pay attention to how they play and actually, you know, learn their moves. And it's going to it's going to be hard if you're not already skilled at those kind of games or yeah, you I, summon Slayer and then it's easy. But yeah, I absolutely you know. agree. Like I, I streamed through Dark Souls actually this past year and I pretty much did just brute force my way through, you know, like <laughs> using a giant claymore, a giant axe, just literally exactly. like forcing. And then I got up to Ornstein and Smaug. And streamed for five and a half hours just trying to beat them. <laughs> yeah, and the and thing was, I so I play Dark Souls is my favorite series of games other than <laughs> Zelda, and I um I played Dark Souls one. At, I played Dark Souls three first. So after having beaten Dark Souls three, including all the optional bosses and everything, coming back to Dark Souls, it was like, oh, this game is freaking easy. And then I get to see a smo, and I was like, oh, okay, no, I get it. The game was easy until now. And I, and then still I was able to beat them, but it was it was definitely their their skill check boss. And or like an Elden Ring now, that's the very first boss. Uh, I have a story for Orchie Smog. I beat Orchie Smog my first try, but in quote in the, the asterisk is I did two summons on my first try. I got lucky. Oh, yeah. 
two random people were just there and I summoned them and we we killed them. But yeah, I never fought them again. And I never want to. Oh, that's yeah, so nothing nothing yeah, wrong with I... summoning. You should summon anytime you want to in Souls games, but it is kind of summoning is the difficulty slider in Souls. Yeah, when I played recently, you know, the, the servers have been offline, so I couldn't summon. Yeah. The PC servers have been offline since December. Yeah, and I played that Prepare to Die edition, so it was pretty glitchy too. So, yeah, yeah, I'm I've been um well I'm like 300 hours into Elden Ring, and I'm like I kind of want to go back and replay the Dark Souls series again, but I don't want to play them offline because I love the online interactions. So mm-hmm. I might rebuy the series on PS5 because I don't think they're going to put the servers back up on PC personally. Oh, even the remastered version isn't on. Oh, it's all broke because oh yeah, all the Dark Souls servers are down on PC. That there's an exploit discovered that would allow people to actually execute scripts on your computer, like actually take control of your computer. So they oh, okay. So all they PC had to... servers down for Dark Souls one, two, and three. Oh, that sucks. So, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, you can't have console servers have stayed up the whole time. But anyway, I'm sorry. My point is, is uh, yes, yeah, Zengetsu is a skill check, but if you use dark damage on him, it's he he's dark damage and poison, and that's kind of the thing I was going to say is like um, if you get poison spray. Or poison cloud like those shards, which you can oh, get yeah. pretty early. They are broken against yeah. any, any human boss in the game. Alfred, Sengetsu, Dominique. They are they are they have no immunity to poison. You can just sit there and poison them, and then just run around while they die. Yeah, I think if I remember correctly, that's like how I beat Alfred. I I, I think yeah, Alfred Alfred's really hard. was my skill check. I I had such a difficult time with Alfred, and also when the game came out, I played on Switch, so. Oh. Bad load times, bad frame rate. Uh, uh, they, they've patched it to where it's awful. supposed to be pretty good now. But when oh, it yeah, out, was but when it when it initially came out, I think I beat it in that first week that it came out, and then I started to play through it again after the patch came out, and I was like, oh yeah, this is a billion times better. But Different it was pretty game. soon after, right? Yeah. yeah. It, and now I'm playing it on Steam Deck again. You know, before this, and it is crisp. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is great. Like 60 FPS. You know, full PC graphics, which is you know, looks fantastic. I say I played on my my gaming PC, which is um, not top top of the line. It's 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 maybe it's about equivalent to a Steam Deck, probably. But played it on that, and yeah, it's it plays like a dream. I played it on my gaming laptop that I got a couple of years ago, and it yeah, this game was beautiful, and it I had it's, no I had one crash where I had to uninstall yeah, the, it and reinstall it. The, the art style, the art style of this game, that the monsters, everything just really pops really nicely on the screen. That the 2.5D is a is a good choice for it, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember it's, during the uh, all the Kickstarter updates when the first trailer came out, there were a lot of complaints about the art style and about gra- like fidelity, graphical fidelity. And then yeah. uh, like about a year later, which was a huge part of one of the delays that it had was they rehauled a lot of the graphical fidelity and art style, and they brought on 505 M2. I don't remember which developer they... Oh, WayForward? I think it was WayForward. But they completely redid like the entire lighting system in the game. Oh, which, cool. Yeah, which caused all of those issues on Switch. But I think in the end, like, see, like the lighting system is a complete, like huge difference on what really made this game art style stand out i can see that i mean oh but i wanted to go back to what you said you brought up alfred alfred is the guy you see throughout the game that kind of talks to you he's one of the characters and then because you don't really understand what's going on you were just sent to this castle to stop gebel who has shards just like you do and there's some backstory about how 
people tried to make monsters and blah blah blah. But and Alfred, you, you when you fight Alfred, you fight him like a circular room that really takes advantage of that two point five D that we were talking about. And that fight is fucking hard though. Like I had a I, I felt I was overpowered for the most part when he does so many status effects to you, he slows you down. He just keeps you do I mean and he, he has a lot of health. It took that that I mean I beat him I beat him my first try because I every boss in this fight I in this game I came I came in with so much food. <laughs> so I couldn't die. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, it, it depends, uh, again, poison on him. I didn't poison po- him. Poison him, and then, that's, and then just basically just stay away from him while he's, like, dying from poison. And then, like, whenever he goes to cast a spell, jump behind him and beat on him for a little bit, then run away again. Really, the thing he was catching me with was the slowdown, the time slow thing. Uh-huh. And then, now, you don't have invert when you fight him, though, do you? No, you don't get invert until no. later. I was say, once you get invert... That's ridiculous. Okay, so say, does that room even have a ceiling? Against it doesn't, but you can invert in places without a ceiling, and it'll throw you up and then throw you back down. Oh, and it's okay. just really good for avoiding uh, attacks from people. I used invert. I abused uh, the the last Zengetsu fight with invert, <laughs> and then um, the the fight on the train, the the second fight on the train that um, oh. Demon sixty six or whatever it is. Yeah, the folklore and, thing. Yeah, and then the Trevor the Trevor Belmont. Um, fight it, the zombie Trevor Belmont fight with invert right. is also ridiculous. Gebel, like any anything like that where you can stand on the ceiling. But then Dominique, Dominique doesn't fall for that at all. <laughs> She's really good at hitting you on the ceiling. Oh, so, really? Yeah, it's it's useless against Dominique. But then I mean, it's also, also very useful against the final boss. You get a lot of good abilities in this game too. Like you, I mean, just like a Metrovania yeah. or Castlevania, however you want to put it. You get you get double jump as the game progresses. You get the invert. You get the, the weird laser ability. With the laser, the laser teleport thing, directional ray, I think is what it's called. Yes. Oh, that's it's like useful. one of my favorite abilities. Yeah, in I like love that thing. Any of like the Metroidvania games, like that, it's so much fun to use. Yeah, it's like a nice little laser teleport ability. It's and it's I like great. the little mirror mirror platforming puzzles with it. You have to do in yes. some places yeah. to get certain secrets and stuff. Yeah, I yeah. like that one. I like that one a lot. And then invert is just a lot of fun. Is there the ability that I saw it? I think in a speedrunner Easter egg or something. I, not not a speedrunner, but an Easter egg. Like can, you can just keep shooting yourself up. Is there like like you do in Symphony Night where you can just like yeah. shoot all the way to the ceiling? Is that in this game? Yes. I did not get it. Where you can uh, like the space jump from Symphony of the Night. Yes. Because I, I don't. I was watching a video of, like Easter eggs, and they were doing it to the librarian, to Alec, the fake Alucard. They would just keep hitting him and like bouncing him, and they were doing that. And I'm like, I but I never found it when I was playing. So I was just curious. Yeah. The I think so. That it's the it's a sh- it's a shard, right? I'm assuming, yeah. I I don't know. I I don't remember. Okay, I just I, I think it's in this game somewhere, but I never found it. I just I didn't farm. Like I would farm enemies. But I didn't really farm for shards that much. I mainly just like to kill things for experience and yeah. Ops. I I looked it up. It's it's called high jump, and you craft it. It's a crafted shard that doesn't. Okay. Drop. You craft it by you have to have uh you you basically take the double jump. And, it, and uh, a bovine plume, and it replaces double jump. And then it's exactly the space jump from Symphony of the Night, where you can just jump infinitely by performing the. It's like that would have been nice. Yeah, I don't. I did not get that though. That would have been really nice because I. There were times, like especially late in this game, when you go to the final areas, I had to do a lot of inverting to get to places I wanted to get to. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, one thing that made me really love this game that is partly because I'm a cheap bastard. Is I love the fact that is you can craft you can craft food and food heals you and there's no limit like the game only lets you carry nine hype or five high potions or something which is not enough yeah. 
other nine regular potions, five high potions. I mean, that's normal. Like Castlevania, the other one, they do that too. But in this game, the fact that I can go and craft food and I can farm enemies to get certain items or I can get money to then buy said items and craft. Like I craft pizzas all the time because they have a good healing. I that's how I got past this game where I because I didn't dodge enemies or bosses that much. I would mainly tank. I'd tank a lot of their hits. I would. I mean, I would try jump behind them, but. The fact that I could hold on to like 50 pizzas if I wanted to, mm-hmm. which I did yeah. later on, I could just like, fuck you, I'll just take your hits. I don't care. <laughs> You'll die eventually yeah. before I do. Same here. Oh, I mean, I like, I think say. I tanked almost everything. And I actually really ended up really liking the food crafting system. I guess not even food crafting, it's, it's cooking system or whatever. But uh, in the beginning of the game, I remember being really off put by it. I was like, eh, I don't really know about this. This seems like a lot that I probably won't do. Like, I'll probably just treat this like any other Castlevania game. And then come the end of the game, I'm, like, constantly going back to Dominique, crafting food and, like, you know, making all these different things and ending up grinding and going back to the farm to get different ingredients <laughs> and things like that. Like, I ended up really liking the, the food system. Well, plus... Yeah, you, I use the food a lot, yeah. When you make new foods, you get stat upgrades, too. So it, it pays off for you to be experimental... And also that also helped me want to farm enemies, which in turn levels me up, which in turn makes the game easier. So right. it, it hit all the right endorphins in my brain to make me go, oh, this does this. Oh, this does this like that. That was something that I don't always have. Like, I mean, in when I play Symphony Night or a lot of a lot of those type of games, I was like, OK, I want to beat all the bosses. That's my goal. But in this game, I wanted to beat all the bosses, which I almost did. But I also wanted to, like, you know, if I felt. I had, you know, I could just go and do different things that would then level me up also while I'm trying to get crafty materials. And I love that aspect of fighting an enemy more than once. Like, oh, he dropped a soy sauce, like getting excited that I needed this <laughs> to make something with an urchin, like just stuff. That was a nice tick in my brain for me in this game. Yeah, I, um, you know, with I was going to say, by the way, I just looked it up. I did get the the high jump after all. I was OK, just I did. And that in the accelerator once you get the accelerator shard, you just fly across the level. It's a lot of fun. But um, yeah, with, with this game, I've, um, so it's like with Symphony of the Night, I've done like the, you know, 185% or 189% whatever thing. And with Aria of Sorrow, I did like a full 100%, got every single shard. And same thing with Dawn of Sorrow with this game, or Soul. With this game, I feel like, like I've gotten 100% map completion, but getting all of the shards and Not worth all it. of the equipment it you would have to play through this you have to play hundreds of hours 125 hours it took the completionist to do it that oh is wow that is i mean and, and the thing is i say that's insane i've right now i think my elden ring account is at like 250 so you know <laughs> that's a different game but that's <laughs> a whole other game. i saw yeah game. yeah like totally different you know just sizes but yeah. also it depends on you're doing it by you're doing it by choice like you're just yeah. You're still exploring Elden Rings. So that's a little different where like in this game, I mean, the castle, you can you'll have I mean, the castle's big. It's not gigantic. I mean, it's big enough. 100% the castle in 10 hours. So in this game, yeah. or seven. But yeah, I was all the shards like some of those drop rates are super low. Plus, huh. a lot of them you have to craft. So you have to get multiple copies of the shards as crafting as crafting materials. And yeah. Yeah, it's I, I never go for that. I mean, I'm happy that it's there like for people who just want it. Like, I mean. But you don't have to. I mean, there are some people who would go and who, who would go and get all that. Some people just be like, like me, where I'm like, I got what I got throughout the game. Like, I went for all the chests. I farmed enemies mainly for experience. But I well, like I said, I did it with Arya and Dawn. But with Arya and Dawn, it's doable in like you know 15 or 20 hours. It's a thing. 
to yeah. Like, like this, this game, game is, is just, just so much. It's enormous. Like there's it's, so much in this game. Like we were saying before, it's incredibly dense, and I think that kind of is both a plus and a minus to it because yeah. sometimes it. I mean, it has a lot, a lot, lot, lot in this game. And yes, and it's good in that like it you you have choice right not all of it is mandatory if you want to like 100% you know there's no big reward for you to totally 100% this game you can if you want to but you really can just 100% your play style yeah right yeah, yeah. i mean so you don't we, need to get i mean if you you know if you spend the time to get all the crafting of all the foods i mean you're going to be way more powerful than somebody who didn't but you don't have to yeah, I'll right. say I didn't do like I cooked food, but I would usually go into a boss fight with like five food, five or six food. I wasn't going in with like 20 or 30. You were playing like I was, huh? <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, I think Mike and I said what our what we did is uh, what did you do for your playthrough, Josh, this time? Oh, yeah. So I started out, I think, with a sword because that's just kind of what you had. And then yeah. I went to a mace. I was using a mace most of the time. If I'm remembering correctly. And then I went to an axe because I was like, you know, what? I kind of want to go my old Castlevania style or whatever the big the big weapons were. Great yeah. sword. Great sword. Yeah, the great swords. Yeah. An axe. yeah. And then by the end of the game, I went back to just using a regular sword. because I'm like, it's just so much more effective, so much more quick. And I think also by the yes. time I was just like, I kind of just want to beat the game at this point. <laughs> I don't want to like struggle with any other kinds of weapon. And then while playing, I was like, maybe in my next playthrough, I'll do uh, I'll use the guns. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Is the next playthrough I want to use guns or feet? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. You there's like the, all the kicking stuff. Yeah, uh, instead of the, like the, the instead of the fist weapons from Castlevania from Symphony of the Night, it's foot weapons. Yeah, <laughs> I like that though. Yeah, I like, I like the steam powered shoes. I didn't use them, but in the speed run, they use the shoes constantly, and that's how they get by really fast. It's the fastest. It's the fastest attack in the game, I think. Other than they have a version of Chrysogrim in this that I used for a little while, but it's not as powerful. Oh man, the the Chrysogrim breaks Symphony of the Night in a way that yeah. In this one, it's like I, I used it actually. I would say I actually used that for the first like maybe three hours because I got it really early, and it's it's uh very weak. It does like very little damage, so it's not. But it attacks super fast like Chrysogrim does, and so you know you upgrade you uh not upgrade it, but you know that. It can be, it, but anyway, you officially get to a point where it's just like I would do be doing more damage with one swing of a great sword at this point. So yeah, but uh, yeah, the what about uh, shards? What were y'all's uh, y'all's big shards? Oh man, <laughs> I'd have to go back and check my original playthrough, but I remember using that you know that beam that you guys yeah. mentioned before that dark beam that that was pretty op. <laughs> oh, I was yeah, using the holy beam. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was I was yeah, using the dark I, beam. I used it on just because Dominique is weak to holy and. The final boss is weak to holy, so I was using it on the on them at the end. Mm. I mean, I didn't really use shards, like I didn't use spells because it's me mostly for this game. Till near the end, when I kind of had to, I mostly just took everyone out with my katana. I would, I don't, I mean, I I had a couple things that I would, I would, I, I couldn't find shards that I like. Like I would use them here and there, but I'm like, eh, this just doesn't do enough damage to, for me. Like I would use a fireball thing sometimes. I used the aqua splash for a long time. Oh yeah. I mainly just just changed stuff up for what was needed during the time. Like none, the, well, one I did get like a yellow one, which enhances like a, a passive effect. Was I found one that increases my attack speed. Oh, I yeah. use that constantly one. because I use I also well, me using katana. Katana's a pretty fast weapon, but when you add the attack speed upgrades, and I found other ways to, and I had an 
an equipment I found that upgraded my attack speed. Also, yeah. she could hit real fast with that katana. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good. That's a good combination. I, mean, I was a- using um. There's the Dunhammer or whatever the the head is. There's one where you like swing it. It's yeah. a shard. I was using that for a long time, and then until I replaced it with Riga Stormera, which is the fire, just sweep the screen of fire one. But yeah, once you get that, just sweep the screen with fire. It's just run to the room, wipe out anything with basically anything with that, and and then anything that's left hit with a with your weapon. It's it becomes kind of like I said, it becomes a little trivialized, but but I mean that's then, what I I loved. I love the fact that there's so much choice in this game. There is. There's a lot. There's I mean, your equipment, choice. you can craft equipment, you get so much equipment, you have breakable walls in this game that have a lot of really awesome hidden accessories that I found throughout the game. Oh, the arrow, that's what it was. The one where you shoot arrows with the R button. Actually, I never oh, got yeah. it, but I, I upgraded that one fully to where it's firing multiple arrows, and each one does a ton of damage, and that was good for just, like, melting a boss. It's just empty my mana bar with that, and it's just like... In the space of like three seconds, I'm I'm basically it's like I'm hitting them 30, 40 times with my. I also, yeah, I think I use that one too because it's yeah, like if you, if you hit them with all your arrows and you, it's like, you know if they're a big boss and you're just standing this, in front oh, yeah. of them, yeah, like those it, dragons, the the two headed dragon just. Oh god, we that fight. Yeah, you know it's that. funny. I I glitched out of that fight so many times. <laughs> I don't. I, oh I, yeah. I, yeah, I think it was it an issue on like. Them? Yeah, you got stuck behind them or under them. Yeah, that happened to me once, and it just like made me take like infinite damage, and I died instantly. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great fight, I was though. Like, what the hell? I mean, you yeah, fight that is, that is a cool fight. Yeah, a Hydra, like a well, two-headed dragon, I guess, on a freaking tower, and he's climbing down the tower trying to kill you as you're like it. I love, I, I love that fight yeah, so much. Yeah, and it's that that like again that two point five D and the like kind of parallax effect where it's like the level is moving, the background's moving while the and yeah, it's very, very. When I when I played this game for the first time, I wasn't, I didn't know that fight was coming. I remember I got to, and I was like, "My God, this is awesome!" And I remember texting my buddy yeah. Mike at the time, being like, "He's like, just keep playing." <laughs> and I just yeah. lost that fight. I still do. Yeah, yeah I remember seeing that in the, the trailer and stuff. I I wish I hadn't been spoiled for that fight because that would have been a great surprise. But I I remember seeing that in a lot of like you know pre coverage of the game coming out of people being like, "Oh yeah, that twin dragon fight is." is really great and it was always like the stinger at the end of the trailer oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and i was saying earlier like i didn't know you could cr- you could upgrade abilities at least i didn't try until mid to late in the game when i finally started uh-huh. <laughs> upgrading things a yeah. lot yeah that can become really useful like the double jump you eventually upgrade it to the point where you're invulnerable whenever you make your second jump oh that's right and then you're so you basically have like a free like air dodge essentially and that can become pretty useful for avoiding, like, uh, like the attacks some bosses do, where they just like fill the screen with damage. You can double jump through that, and it's pretty cool. There's just so many mechanics yeah. in this game, right? Do you yeah, don't use uh, Bloodsteel yeah. very much. No. What? What was that? Bloodsteel. Oh, I think I did. Was that stealing life? Yeah, for you. Life steal? it, yeah. It, it, sort it of. Soaks, it soaks up blood stains from the floor. So if you're using a bladed weapon. So if you're using like a mace, it doesn't work. You can't do anything with it. But if you're using a sword or something, they'll be splashing blood on the ground and then you can soak up that blood for healing. And it doesn't heal for a lot, but it's it's pretty useful because it costs very little mana. And if you're if you're doing if you're using a sword, then you can just attack, attack, blood still, attack, attack, blood still, and it will just be it'll be healing, you know, like at the uh, I think I had it upgraded. It was healing me for like 
maybe like 150 or 200. No, that's not bad at all. So it's not bad at all. I was using it against Dominique, and that way I could save all my potions and food for the final boss. I didn't level it up enough. I used it a couple times when I first got it, because you get you get it from a, a boss fight, which you, you also needed to compare, Bloodless. progress yeah. to the game. Bloodless is, is cool. She's like a vampire that's sitting in a bathtub of blood <laughs> and has an yeah. umbrella. And then oh, wears, yeah. the, wears the blood as an outfit. Yeah, she's also cool one fight. of the playable characters, right? Yes. Yes. She was added yeah. to DLC later. Yeah, that was pretty recent. It was like last year. Yes. Yeah, I, so do you have to beat the game to unlock her? Because I'm not, I, you have not to anymore. Sold bloodless. I don't know if you have to beat the game first, but you have to put in your name as a special code. Oh, yeah, oh that's what it is. Because when you go to new game, it gives you the option to play as Miriam, Zangetsu, or Aurora. Now, yes. And okay. I've, I'm, um, I've almost beaten the game with Aurora. Um, I would have beaten it, but I, I quit playing to, to switch to play something else. Did you, We can talk about that. Did y'all play any of these other characters? Yeah, so preparing for this, I was playing as Zengetsu because I, I had only beaten it that original playthrough, and then I started yeah. a new game plus. But yeah, so before this, I started playing as Zengetsu, and it's a great power trip. <laughs> it's um, fun. He is yeah. so powerful. Does he and, level up, too? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. that's one thing that broke me in Symphony Night. Richter doesn't level up or doesn't have that, yeah. and I can't. That's Richter, why I love those games. Richter and Maria. Have you played Maria in Symphony Night? No. She's she was playable on the Sega Saturn version, and then yeah. in the PSP version. I don't know if she's playable in Requiem or not, but she's not. she she is balls hard. Okay. Richter is not bad because Richter's got all those cool moves. You can pull you know them off, do, but so he's not bad. It's just like playing a regular. I mean, it's really it's. I don't even know because I mean he can basically space jump with his with his sure you can that he does. Oh, but, right. but Maria, her attack is that she like throws some birds at you, and it's so it's like play it's kind of like playing Alucard in, Dra- in Castlevania Three, where Alucard's like by Weak. far the weakest character, but he has like some cool utility. That's what Maria's like. But anyway, yeah, Zengetsu is a big power trip. Aurora is ridiculous. She is broken easy. Oh really? Like like. I was, I was most boss fights. I was killing them in less than five seconds. Oh my God. And this is yeah. Aurora from child of light. Yes. yes. So, so what you do with her is you don't collect shard, you don't collect equipment and, but you do collect shards, but the shards are characters from child of light. And huh. you know, uh, in this game, the banshees that curse you, that scream yes. at you and curse you. So they will drop a shard for a character from child of light. And whenever you use it, it's a, it's a spell. It throws one of those banshees out and they scream. It hits everything on the screen and it does a massive amount of damage. And it will even break the lanterns. And so you'll get your mana back too. And oh, I, I love just go into a boss like fight that. and just go, R, 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 dead. Like, that's that's it, basically it, like a crash. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's like, basically it. Yeah. It's like an item crash and it doesn't even use that much mana. I mean, it uses a good deal, but. You know, yeah, I would go into a boss fight and just hit R like five times and they would die every every single boss. So okay. it, it, it's it, it's broken if you want it to be. That's cool, though. Is it a Metrovania also, Child of Light? I think it is, yeah. Yes right? and no. I mean, it's a, it's a side-scrolling RPG. Oh, turn-based. So, yes, turn-based. Oh. But it is kind of like a Metroidvania. It's really unique. It's really cool. It's like when, and instead of, uh, do you ever play Indivisible? Uh, it, it's kind of yeah. like that. Uh, where oh, okay. you run into so, an enemy and then you go you go into a turn based fight. Isn't is that how a Valkyrie profile is? Oh, I don't know. I haven't. Played I haven't played it in I years. Think, I can't because I, I feel like um, isn't Indivisible like a spiritual successor to Valkyrie profile? 
Oh, actually, I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not I just know I've been that. meaning to buy Indivisible multiple times, and I missed a really good deal once because I was too slow. So <laughs> that's all I know about it. I just buy everything on Steam. Oh, I'm just thinking of. No, I think I, I think that's Indivisible. Yeah. I think is turn sale of some sort. Yeah. I just don't know much about it. Yeah, yeah I remember girl on the when cover. Indivisible was coming out. Uh, that was one of those other you know Kickstarter vaporware games that took forever to come out, and then it was just kind of mediocre. But the art style was fantastic. Um, but yeah, Child of Light. It's definitely a, it's a turn-based game. Um, okay. With uh, side-scrolling world. It's cool that they they, they added because she just got added this year in 2022. So just recently, like I'm glad to see they're still supporting this game. Like I think it's really cool to me that now this game has four playable characters. And they also did they did a uh, crossover thing with Blasphemous also. Oh, that's that's right. What they do with Blasphemous? You can get Miriam as a summon, I think. Oh. Okay, I just bought Blasphemous on sale this week. I haven't played it. Well, I won't play it for it's fr- it's free. It's free too. The the crossover. It's yeah. You get like uh, some items. I think you get some items and spells based on Bloodstained, and then I think you can you yeah. It's players will find Bloodstained's protagonist Miriam within the game's world, replete with voiceover, a new cinematic, mysterious shattered stained glass window. That's cool. Yeah. So yeah, they That's they cool. added yeah they just randomly added some Bloodstained stuff into Blasphemous. And they had like an event on Steam. It's called. They have like a trailer. It's like Strife and Ruin is the, what the update was called. That's cool. And yeah, I've I've played Blasphemous. I haven't gotten to that part yet, but it's like yeah, you find like the teleport windows from curse uh, from Bloodstained. Bloodstained, yeah. And then yeah, I think, you, I think you get like a weapon and like an attack where you like do like the stained glass like shard thing. Oh, and then okay. I think, like I said, I think you can summon, you get like a, a summonable Miriam like companion or something like that. That's cool. I mean, this game had companions too. You, I, who do you, I, for familiars, I only use a little knight guy that I got and I kept yeah. them the entire game. Yeah, yeah I use, I that use too. the knight. Uh, both times I've beaten this game, I use the knight the whole time. He's just, I love him. He's cool. I upgraded him all the way and he started like shooting arrows and spells around the level. Yeah, like, eh. so shooting, like I would run into a room and he would like start like casting holy magic on things across the room. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like the giant sword in Symphony of the Night. It's like you're yes. not going to use any other familiar here. Just, just, <laughs> just yeah, use that one. Yeah, has anyone ever used a familiar other than the sword in, in Symphony of the Night? Yeah, right. I think I have. Just other, because I, mean, I didn't get other people. Pull, you got to pull out the imp press a switch twice oh, yeah, to open oh, those doors i use the imp yeah. in symphony night because i've never gotten the sword i've only used the imp in that game oh i i so the thing that i was like i like to use the sword and then you eventually upgrade it to the point it level up to the point that you get the sword as an item but by the time you get the sword as the item it's not as good as what you're probably using already <laughs> so yeah. it's like you're like working to get this sword leveled up to the point that you get it as a as an actual equipment and then <laughs> well and, and then by that point you've probably got chrysogram and if you're not using Chris Grimm, it's because you're choosing to make the game harder on yourself. Like as a challenge. God, I when I played through Symphony Night last time for this show, episode 101, I got the Chris Gym for the first time ever, and it made the game just simple. I, I couldn't book everything, I, but Gallimorath was just simple. Oh, so Gallimorath is um, worst. I did a uh, I did a Symphony of the Night randomizer run on my Twitch channel a while back. And I literally got Chris Grimm within the first like 30 seconds of, <laughs> of once you control Alucard. Like it was made, it was where the uh, cube of Zoe is, the one that okay. um, lets you break items. Yeah. Instead of the cube of Zoe, I got the Chrysogram. And then that... I, got, I did not get the cube of Zoe until almost the very end of the game. So I couldn't open the clock tower because you need <laughs> the stopwatch and you can only get the stopwatch by breaking candles. And I couldn't get items from candles until 
I mean, I was near the end of the run. I was about to give up. That's wild. That's randomizer really runs fun. are a lot of fun. And they built, that was one of the things they added to this. There's a randomizer built into Bloodstain now. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, oh, I remember that was one of the mode. specials. Yeah, they, there's two. Run, the boss rush mode. Boss um, rush, speed run, randomizer, and then yeah. four playable. Ca- I mean, that's just so much for this game. And they didn't have to do any of that. They could have just put out the regular game and people would have still been satisfied, I think. Yeah, I, I, this, I, all this and two prequels. Yeah, this was absolutely a passion project for Ega. And I think everyone, it's really, you know, really clear that it was because, you know, with all the delays and stuff, I think this really was for Ega, like, kind of cathartic yeah. for him, you know, especially yeah, with all the history with Konami. Konami over his head. And yeah, yeah, it, it really, it is, it's, it's beautiful. And it's funny because, like, if this had been put out by, by Blizzard, <laughs> uh, by Activision, by by Square, by any other company, if they added those things, they would be DLC you had to pay for. Oh, like yeah. ten dollar Aurora DLC. Well, I think these were all stretch goals. Yeah, so some of it so, was stretch goals, but I mean, like Aurora, I think was just they just oh, added no, that yeah. this year because they're like, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, I mean, there were a ton of things I remember past, you know, when everything was done after the stretch goals, and just being surprised every time there was. They were like, oh, we're, hey, we're going to do this now, and we think it's really cool. Like, random Randomizer, I know, was not a stretch goal. Yeah. And that was a huge surprise to everybody. Also, the Classic Mode that they added. I don't know if you guys ever played Classic no. Mode. What is Classic Mode? It's on the main menu, if you choose Classic Mode, it's just Classic Vania. So there's a completely, like, separate game in, in Bloodstained that's all just, you know, classic Castlevania levels, but you play as Miriam. But is it, like, 8-bit style? No, it's like, you know, Bloodstained. Like, you play oh, Ethereum so, like so it's, it's normal, it's, but the level like design like is... Rondo, so it's kind of like Rondo of Blood in that sense. Yeah. Or like, you it, have my attention. I might have to look this up. Yeah, I want to check that out. I didn't even know that existed. Yeah, is it's it really the cool. same map and everything? No, it's not a map. So it's the level design is like classic Castlevania. Um, oh. But the play style is still like... Oh, insane. so it's the play style is still Bloodstained. So you still have the shards and all that kind of stuff? I No. No. It's... No. A, I'll say I just found it on YouTube. Yeah, I'll send you the the like link, and you can. I'm gonna it. have to. I, I man, this game just keeps on giving. Yeah, that, there's there's so much that they added into this game and, outside and this of the is, main and, game. This is why I bought um, Blasphemous too. Like we were just saying, <laughs> I, whenever they did the crossover of Blasphemous, I was like, oh shoot, I'll buy. And I actually rebought this game because I I say rebought. Um, I played this originally when it was on Game Pass. Okay. It was on Game Pass in 2020, I think. Uh, no, no, it was before that. It, it was, I think it was 2019 it was on Game Pass. Because, oh, right, when it came out? Because I got, uh, well, pretty shortly after, because I'm trying to think, I got Game Pass for PC when it first was in beta, when it was a dollar a month, which was summer of 2019, because I remember right. I was uh, doing the AP U.S. history grading in uh, Louisville, Kentucky, and <laughs> which was the last year that I did it in person, because it was before the pandemic. And I was like, during a break, I got like an alert on my phone saying Game Pass for PC is available now in beta. I was like, all right. <laughs> I downloaded it remotely from my phone. I was like, all right, let's do this. And then came back and then Bloodstained was, I want to say it's the first game that I played on it. So, yeah, I did. A, I think the same thing, too. It wasn't one of the first. I think the first game I did was like Dead Souls or something like that. Dead Cells. Dead Cells. Uh, yeah, that was one of the first ones I played, too. Yeah. yeah and um, I didn't play it. On PC, like through Game Pass for PC, till like maybe a year after it came out, it was right before it, it went off. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. 
but See, I, I rebought it on I bought it on Steam as soon as it went off Xbox Game Pass because I was like, I know I'm going to want to play this again. <laughs> I know that I'm going to want to play this again someday because this game is so good. Oh, and to speak what he was talking about, that Bloodstained Classic mode, it literally looks like a classic Castlevania with Miriam with a whip. And yeah, you she's got the walk map. cycle and everything. Yeah, yeah it's literally cool. a classic, uh, like original Castlevania type game. With like a that, secondary weapon and things like that. It's, yeah, and they made a few levels for it. It takes oh, about, very like, neat. about 40 minutes to clear for this guy. Oh, I'm, I'm going to have to te- check that out. I mean, yeah, it's literally... I actually, that's, speaking of whips, did y'all play with whips at all? No. No. Sorry, that is they're difficult. That, I, I think that would be a fun challenge is to play all whips. Oh, and uh, the thing about this game that it did to me that very... This is one of the few games that grabbed me in a way I could not stop playing. Like, I... Yeah. Literally couldn't oh, yeah. sleep one day because I'm like, I need to go downstairs and go play more Bloodstain and get farther. I'm like, man, go to sleep. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I think Ega much. is just, yeah, it, yeah. I, all of, almost all of Ega's games get me like that. Like, he really knows, like, great pacing that makes you want to keep playing and power trips that feel like you're still powerful, but there's more power right out of reach. You know, if you keep playing, you can keep going and then you discover a whole new area and it's like, I want to that kept happening i would i would be like all right well yeah. i'm just gonna get to the next save room and then the next thing i know i've been playing for like four hours right well, one it's thing like, like two o'clock in the morning like with morning. this game well any metrovania game that i play and i did it for this one too is i always before i play the game i always go and i, pr- I download a map from the internet and i print it out <laughs> and laminate it at fedex so every time i go into it i didn't i didn't use it for a good chunk of this game but i like to have it to go oh there's a save point coming up so i know i can go like oh this is where the boss room is okay so i kind of have an idea what i'm exploring for Mm. i i I will go and look at a map when i get to like 98 percent map completion (laughs) and i'm like all right i cannot figure out what what last two percent i'm missing i'm gonna definitely i definitely do that with any metroidvania I, i try to avoid doing that until i get to that point or until i get stuck I'm a in this game, there, I never got stuck in this game, but I did get to on my first run when I was trying to hundred percent it, I did get to like 98.5% map completion. I'm like what on earth could be left? <laughs> and then I think it was, I, I think that eight bit actually might be part of it. That in the millionaire room, I always forget to go do the millionaire room. Yeah, that, it's, I mean, that's another thing we should talk about that. Like this game had a bunch of different like hidden bosses. I didn't, I, when I came into this, I wanted to beat them all before i beat the final boss but then i went and got yeah. 50 pizzas for dominique i beat dominique <laughs> and bail and then i went and reloaded my save with my 50 pizzas still intact and went and <laughs> took out all the secret bosses but you have a carpenter for for some reason i don't understand the point of that guy but you fight a carpenter you fight a mimic mm-hmm. millionaire that carpenter, is- that carpenter was where i first had to start using the uh poison cheese because he is He's hard he is rough he is very hard, but then I, I think you do have invert by the time you fight him, right? Pretty sure, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that was that was where I poison him, stand on the ceiling, and then swing a great sword at him from the ceiling okay. and just chip chip away at him. And it took like a while, but I was able to do it. That was the only way I was able to beat him. And then there's the, so the fake hard. Simon Belmont zombie version. I think right. Who else is there? There's the guy in the train. I don't really consider that boss, but there's a guy in the train. Easter egg fight. Yeah. Demon 66, he's another one where invert is the way to go because he is he does like a curse. Well, actually, you can just if you run from him, you can jump over a box and just hit him from a box. Oh, really? That's what the 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 videos show me. They do. They run from him. There's a spot you can jump on just hit him with your sword. and He can't touch you. Yeah. What I did was I invert to get away from him and then holy water to clear the curses on me. 
and then just shoot him with ranged until he dies. Okay. Cause yeah, he was, he was rough and he's, you can't poison him either. So you can't, <laughs> you can't cheese him with that. And I think- um, there's uh, Alucard. Yes. Which or, I did not do. Orlock, Orlock Dracula, uh, Orlock Dracul, which I feel like I fought the first time I played this game, but I had to look up how to do it. And I, I forgot he was even in it. And you reminded me of him. <laughs> I, did I, not, was, I did not play him, fight him this time. I wanted to, but I had 98 point, like 5% of the map or so. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. I don't, I need to stop playing this and start playing sunshine for the show. Or the, that's you know, what happened with me too. <laughs> like I needed to stop. I had to move on and I just didn't, I'm also not a, I, I normally don't like to go in any Metrovania and try to get every single square. And it's like, so I was just kind of done. Plus I would have just cheesed mm-hmm. him anyway. Cause that's, where I was at with my but, the way my gameplay was. I'm like, okay, eh, I'm just going to be done. The reward for beating him is ridiculous. So yes, because you, you can, you can check out books that give you passive upgrades, but if you beat him, you get to check out all 20 of his books at once. So 21. Oh, you, you get huge amount of passive upgrade. But at that point I'm like, I already beat the game. Yeah. I, I don't need this. So I don't care. And that <laughs> is kind of, that is one of the things about this is like, and, and I think you, you find this of a lot of the, these kind of games is, by the time you get the like really just earth shattering, amazing thing, it's like, all right, well, what am I even going to use this on? Yeah. It's just to <laughs> run through the game and be that powerful for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. You get to also, he, he drops the, uh, standstill shard that freezes time. He it's just, it's a cool Easter egg. Cause you, 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 you have to get 99%, go talk to him, check out a particular book and then go to the final dungeon area and go into a certain room and he'll be sitting there waiting for you. It feels very from software. Yes. Mm, yeah. 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 I um. I I realized I missed a few secret bosses the first time. They're hidden well. Yeah, they yeah. are hidden very well. But you I, know, like I, you were saying, I, like you didn't want to check through every box. Um, and I feel like that's a big thing that I usually do go into Metroidvanias. I'm just like I'm so ready to find every single room on this map and 100 percent it. You know, I feel like that's kind of like almost one of the core gameplay parts for me is yeah. just clearing the entire map. Uh, I try. I mean, I've done it before, but with the podcast, I, I, I don't anymore. Yeah. It's also, part of the, the bane of what I do. Cause every, every game I, every, every week I, re- I play a game. So I, I sometimes it will take a, some of the fun away from me, but not often. I, I also just get in general, I get bored of a game. Like once I, I, I always get to a point in every game where I'm just like, I just want to beat it. Even before the podcast, I just get to that point where I'm like, okay, I did enough. I need to be done. Yeah, I the first so yeah, like I said, the first time I beat this game, I got to that point and then I looked up what I was missing and went and did everything I was missing. This time I didn't, and so I didn't fight Alucard. I didn't do the millionaires keep the millionaires room or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I did I did beat I did do the millionaires room with uh, Aurora though, and again <laughs> just like scream over and over again. <laughs> I, I kinda wanna I like I didn't like normally when I beat a game for this show or any game, I uninstall it immediately. I didn't uninstall this game yet because I want to go oh, yeah. back to it still. Yeah, I, I recommend playing as Aurora because you also she can fly. Okay. <laughs> you get you uh. get wings pretty early and then you just fly everywhere. Up, down, sideways. That's pretty and it's like double your normal speed also. <laughs> and it's just so you just it, you can quickly traverse the whole map like it's like having that accelerator shard, but you get it like half an hour into the game. Oh, that's great. Yeah. She yeah. also ages. Oh, that's right. That's like a part of Child of Light. Is it? Yeah, I think yeah, that's I, a mechanic. I, I'm, I'm going to buy Child of Light and try it out. Same. Okay. I'm waiting. It's not on sale right now, but I just yeah, put it in my wish list. I put it on my Steam wish list. I'm the same. Like, I'm a, I have Indivisible and haven't played it yet. And so I'm kind of like, well, I should probably play Indivisible first. 
since I bought it already. <laughs> yeah. Man. You know, something interesting I actually just saw about that classic mode that we were talking about before. Yes. Uh, completely developed by WayForward. Oh, oh cool. Yeah, because yeah. I, I was watching that video that you that you shared of the playthrough, and in the credits, I was just like, creative director Matt Bozon, executive producer Chris Watson. I was like, what? And then at the top, it just says, developed by WayForward. Man, so, WayForward like, is such yeah. an awesome company. Yeah. I mean, just, that's what's so great about Bloodstained, how much stuff has been added to this game just because. Yeah. It really it's, is. It, it's it such is. a passion project. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad it made it. It made money too. It makes me because then you get more of those. <laughs> yeah. Is he working on? Is Ega Vane, Is Ega working on anything else right now? Do we Nothing know? Nothing confirmed, but everyone pretty much just expects a sequel. I I think he had hinted at a sequel some time ago in an interview, but uh, for Curse of the Moon two when they were doing press for Curse of the Moon two. Okay. Yeah, I would, I would love it if they did a sequel to this or just something else, but in, in like a, you know, a, another Egovania, but it could be its own thing. I that think would, they could really expand on this a little bit more and really refine Ritual of the Night if they did mm-hmm. a sequel. I I would love a true sequel to this. Yeah, I mean, you could base it on the bad ending. You could have it where you got the bad ending and... We should talk about that. And everything. Yeah. <laughs> So this yeah, game does all that, the different endings. This game does that fuck you moment, just like Symphony Night does, where if you don't, so you you fight Gebel your whole game, and you're trying to get Gebel. It's much like Richter and Symphony Night type thing, where you go, you fight him, but if you just kill him, you get the bad ending, where the, it is it's just like, well, the castle didn't go away or something. I forget what they say. I yeah, did it. and um, what is your guy that's helping you? The alchemist who's helping you the whole game? Uh, I don't remember his name. Roger. Maybe I, no, I don't want to talk to him constantly. Right. Whenever... Yeah, but anyway, he he he's like, uh, you're like, w- w- the castle's not gone, and he's like, oh, don't worry, I'm sure Dominique will take care of it. <laughs> and ah. if the game, you know, Dominique is actually the bad guy, yes. and you're like, and you're like, oh, <laughs> all right then. But at that point, you don't even know if Dominique is she hasn't turned. Well, it depends because you can fight Gebel really early. She doesn't turn until way. You don't realize it till way later. Oh, Johanna yeah. and the Behemoth. Oh, that's jo- why I kept Johannes. thinking Johanna. It's because Johannes, Johannes is your friend. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You don't figure I, it out till because um the way the game works is you have you so you can go fight him and get the get the bad ending. Then you have to realize. So I was like, okay, this is like Symphony Night. I have to go and find because I got this in my old playthrough, but I didn't look up stuff, so I didn't know what to do, and then I just stopped playing for some reason. Like, will work, but. You have to progress through the game, fight Zang, get you have to go through a whole bunch of areas, fight Zang, gets you a second time. And then you take his sword, and then when you go into the fight, and as you're fighting, you'll see this moon change colors near the very end of the fight. It turns red, and you have to jump up and hit the moon, and that's actually the demon controlling him. And this is where you have to be careful with if you're using poison. (laughs) (laughs) You got to jump up there fast and cut that moon, because he doesn't have a whole lot of life left when the moon turns red. And then after you hit the moon, there's a little cutscene talking about how, you know, she's hiding and you have to go back to the castle and find a certain room where you would see a red moon every time you walked by, which you would have paid no attention to if you didn't know, and then hit the red moon. And then you unlock the final area called Den of Behemoth, where you're a little, you're little and everything is gigantic. Yeah. Like Mario 3. And then you end up getting the Glacial Tomb, which is the final, final area where you fight Dominique and Bale and the demon that was the demon that was the shaft, as I called it in our group chat. Yeah, I mean, that's that's very I feel like that's in all the other, you know, Iga, Vanya. It's games. in Aria and Dawn. Yeah, I like it, especially in Aria. I think it's either Aria or Dawn, where if you kill the per, the, the guy, you basically um, it's like 
vampire hunter who's been helping you. Yes, it's Arya. Yeah. Yeah, it's Arya. And if you kill him, then the game, it shows you as like basically Dracula. And you're like sitting on your throne and a vampire hunter comes in and you like throw the wine glass of blood on the ground <laughs> to shatter and then it fades to black. Yeah. Well, yeah. Spoilers for Arya of Sorrow. Oh, but. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's but yeah, okay. like there's a there's a there's a great moment in that game where you're like uh, you're crossing. Pa- so you're playing as a person being possessed by Dracula trying to get resurrected. Like, that's what the game is. You find that out pretty late into the game, and you cross paths with a modern-day Belmont, and he has amnesia, So, but he gets his memories back by the end of the game, and then at the end of the game, when you both know who you are and what is happening, you're friends at that point. So uh, Soma is like, hey, Julius, if I do get possessed by Dracula and, like, I become chaos, you have to be the person to kill me. So in that bad ending, if you, you know, if you lose uh, with the bad ending and you become Dracula, Julius shows up at your throne, like, ready to fight you. They don't have the fight. You know, they, you don't see the yeah. fight, but it, it's... But you, you've got that classic thing from Symphony of the Night where Dracula throws the wine glass of blood on the ground. It shatters. Which is the, it's very cool little homage to Symphony of the Night in that game. I think in the yeah. trailer for this game with or the Kickstarter, Ega did the same thing where he had a glass and he threw. Oh it. yeah, yeah, the mm-hmm. video like the Kickstarter video and he throws. Yeah, it's in the. Uh, <laughs> I, th- I think it's in the developer. Oh, you know, like the the splash screen in the beginning. It's like the little eight bit Ega throwing the glass to the side. I could be wrong. Oh, and there is one other boss fight in DLC we haven't mentioned. Is you actually you actually fight Ega in this as bo- as a DLC. That you have to pay for. Oh, that's right. I never did that. I, I didn't, oh, I didn't know there thing. was any paid DLC for this. It's ten bucks, and you can fight him as a boss fight and to get some other stuff. But it was one of the. It was another stretch goal or something. Oh, I'll have to check that out because this is the game where I want to give them money. <laughs> yeah. Like I was like playing it on Game Pass, and I was like, I'm gonna buy this eventually anyway because, and I didn't wait for a sale. I just bought it on Steam for the full price eventually. Okay. It's like I want. I want them to have money. Yeah, I remember when it originally came out and I played it on Switch. I was like, this game is fantastic, but I don't know if I want to do all the extra content on here. I'll wait until I can get it on PC or another console and then I'll replay it again because I loved it so much. I was like, yeah, I know I'm going to replay it again. I didn't. But like now that I have it on Steam Deck and I'm kind of getting back into the groove of it, I might go through all that DLC and everything else. And you know, there's just there's just so much content in this game yes. that you can go back to. Yeah, I um, want to go back and beat it with uh, Bloodless because I've never played of her before. She's a little different because she starts off in her spawn room and she already has the abilities to traverse the entire castle from when I was reading about it. Oh, okay. She's a much different playthrough. Yeah, yeah it's kind of like Zangetsu too. Like, I don't know about everything, but he has a grappling hook. He has the grappling hook. He has his parry ability. And a double jump. I think he has double jump. I think he has the fire sword starting off too, doesn't he? Yeah, he has the fire sword starting. Yeah, I mean, you have to know how to, you have to, like, find, I think you either, I think you just look in this pause screen, it tells you how to do his moves. Yeah, right in the pause screen, instead of, like, seeing all your different armors and RPG elements, it's just, here's, here's your moves. different moves. Yeah, like, that's yeah. it. That's whole, that's Which the whole is what you wish Symphony of the Night would do with Richter, because you have to just kind of know those of Richter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's why I didn't like it, because it's, it's. Hard as hell is Richter for me. Like when I did try it, I had a really hard time with it. Oh, I just I, I whenever I play Symphony, I have like a little notepad where I've written all of Richter's moves and all of Alucard's spells. <laughs> and and I just because again, Al, in that game, you you know Alucard, you can find spell books so you can buy them, but you don't have to. 
because you know all the spells in the beginning. It's similar oh, to how you... Yeah. Uh, with Bloodless, one other comment I want to put is as you play as her, as you run out of MP, she has less clothes on because she wears blood. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Of course. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's, not a, it's not as like... So her, her MP is blood, I guess. Yeah, it, yeah. it's not like it is in a Parasite, well, the third birthday, where she just, where she gets beat up, but I mean, I guess I haven't seen it, but from what I was reading, it didn't sound as bad. It's just less clothing, but... That's funny. Yeah, I, I thought that was a funny Easter egg. I mean, it makes sense, because her blood she's using her blood as her clothing yeah it makes sense which is her magic guess, so yeah it but it, yeah it's just something funny, funny. i thought yeah but i, I love the fact i definitely want to try try that mode so you you get it by typing bloodless as your name yes cool uh, this game also that. has another thing a, a nightmare mode which i will never ever ever touch where yeah. you play the game at level one <laughs> that's it oh, you're level God. one you can level up you can you can get abilities sure you can get charged but you cannot level up I was only I know about it because the completionist. I was watching his video before this, and he did that, and it's just like, my God, like no thing. Yeah, I mean, there's certain enemies that like I just can't avoid being hit by. (laughs) He had to. Yeah, like the the freaking frogs (laughs) and those little frogs. Oh, they're they're like the dogs in Dark Souls. It's just like something about them. They're just like the right height where I can't hit them, and they hit me. I can't hit them, and I can't dodge them. (laughs) Yeah, that's why I start running into any rooms where there's frogs. Just immediately, just cleanse with fire. And the flea men in Castlevania. Yeah, oh, yeah, there you go. They're like the flea men in Castlevania, exactly. Yeah. Oh god, the flea men. Oh. And then it's so satisfying when you have the Grim and you yeah. can just through them all. It's great. I was thinking that Castlevania One, the flea men, is probably why I've never beaten that game. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's hard. And then there's the flea men and Frankenstein. Yeah, that's the boss of uh, World Three. Yeah, which is is funny because that's my favorite one of my my favorite video game song is the theme to cast to Level Three in Castlevania One. Mm-hmm. But uh, that level, Aquarius, right? Yeah, that level gives me like nightmares. That the level is <laughs> awful. Oh, and we should speak the yeah. the music in this game is pretty good and the sound and everything. It's I, amazing. Oh, the it's, music is awesome. Sound design is great. Voice acting. This might be like my second favorite Mitru Yamane uh, soundtrack that she's done, you know, like right behind Symphony of the Night. It yeah. is so good. Like some of the pieces, the songs that she made for this game. I'm trying to remember the Jeebles theme. Yeah. It's just, it's magnificent. It's, yeah, it's I, so I totally agree with you. I have a, a lot of like love for Symphony of the Night soundtrack. And so, but, but this is very close for sure. Yeah, it's, I have it on my phone. You know, it's, it's one of those soundtracks that's just is a banger. Every time uh, any of the songs come on, and like I said earlier, you know, there's a bunch of eight-bit um, songs that she wrote for the game too. That are only in that eight-bit world. Yes. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's really cool. I, yeah. I I played this mostly with sound on. Not I, this wasn't really well. This, I did have I, of course like everything I had podcasts on at certain points, but I tried to listen to some of it. Yeah, and uh, that, that I remember the first time I one of those times where you boot up the main menu and you wait for the whole cycle of that song to play because it just kind of grabs you and it's so good. Like I remember booting it up for the first time and hearing the theme and just kind of being blown away. I was like, Oh yeah, she's, she went full force for this game. Yeah. And uh, yeah, she did, she did such an amazing job. Yeah. That's, that is really good. I enjoyed the music too. Any kind of, oh, one of the random enemies you fight, we mentioned a little bit, you fight dogs and cats at different points because they're people who <laughs> yeah. contributed to the game. The so you demon, have warp rooms. And the dogs, they're like, like shih tzus that like the shih tzu heads that like fly at you and stuff. 
Yeah. It's so random. That was when, like, yeah, like, my kid was watching me play, and when I got to one of the demon cat things, he's like, what? <laughs> what? So funny. Yeah. There's some, yeah, there's some really fun enemy designs in this game. I like the uh, the flying pigs. I was just about to say that. Yeah, those flying pigs are, it's such a, like, a simple design, but I think it, it fits the world really well, and it gets the comedy of, like, how the world is, like, across very well. Just kind of, like, the sense of humor of the game. And of how a, like silly all of it is it's it's great exactly and there's one of those um when you first encounter the flying pigs if you go kind of all the way to the right in that area there's a um an iron maiden that you've got to move with the craft work ability but you don't have craft work yet and i accidentally discovered if you stand right next to the the um iron maiden and a pig dive bombs at you and you jump out of the way he'll land inside the iron maiden it'll close and slide out of the way. Yeah, so that's I was amazing. Able, I was able to get to that part because uh, then that takes you to, I think, the well where you can then go down into the underground caverns. And so I was able to go to, or whatever area it takes you to, I was able to get to that area it's without... Not under, I don't think. No, it's not that. But anyway, I was it's able to chest. get to... It's just a chest, yeah. So I was able to get to that without craft work because of that. And I did it on accident. And then I tried to do it with my Aurora run and I just could not get it to happen again. Could because they um, my Aurora has like a little uh, little familiar flying around and then my familiar kept killing the pi- the pigs. You have to like hurt him. I watched the video do it. You have to like, kind of hurt him over there because I actually didn't know how to move those things with craft work until I had to use it to move the Iron Maiden to get to Zangetsu second fight. Or yeah, so I was way later by the time I figured that out. And when I went and yeah, got so the you item, did it, it with the useless. pig on purpose. Then I didn't do the pig. I just saw oh. it online. Oh, okay. I will say, yeah, I did it completely on accident. I was just down there and a pig dive bombed at me. I was like, ah, and I jumped out of the way and it, it cracked me up. I was like, that, that's, that's great. That's, that's such fantastic. a neat little touch. Yeah. yeah I, I think that any enemy jumping into it would do that, but that's one that will actually dive bomb at you. So it would actually go into it. I remember being in that area a lot just for farming. I mean, there's a certain yeah. kind of resource that you need from those flying pigs. Yes. Um, they drop. Oh, go ahead. A plume pork, and they also drop a shard you need for something. Yes, the shard. It's like a point zero zero two like percent chance of dropping. So I I remember just farming that area a billion times. Do they give trying you the, to get whatever it was? They don't give you the luck shard, do they? They give you the shard that summons. Something good. Well, they give you a shard that summons them. I know that. Maybe it's I can't remember. I just know that like when I watched the speedrun video, they talked about one of the old routes they used to have to farm those those guys for something. Yeah, I mean it's probably the 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 uh, plume that the the. The, the feather that they drop. Oh, that might be it's it. It's used in a lot of recipes because those are, those are used in a lot of recipes for things. I love crafting in this game. I really yeah. did. I liked upgrading shards. Like I upgraded like the, the passive luck shard a bunch. Yeah. And I, I yeah. ran, because I, I always like to play these games with like high luck. So I was wearing like luck, like items that increase my luck. So I was getting just like tons of shard drops and tons of item drops. That's just kind of how I like to play these games. That's, that's the best way to play this, especially this game because it, it has so much to it with that. If you're trying to collect a bunch of stuff, for sure, yeah. And then we should talk about the the final fight. We have jumped around, but you do fight Dominique in there, and then you find out Dominique's been the villain this whole time because she was trying. She was using Gebel. She was gonna have you get possessed by the demon and use you because you're the most powerful. Because you'd be more powerful by the end. Because as you're collecting shards, you're kind of you're going to die. I guess is what it was eventually. Yeah. But they're trying to find a way to not like not make you die, and that's what the whole like after you finish beating Gebel. And then when you kill Dominique, then Dominique summons, summons a giant demon called Bale, which you fight three giant heads and she jumps around. And rotate head head. around the room and she rides inside the heads and the heads 
it's it's kind of an interesting fight if you if because you can do it wrong and it can just take forever. Each of the heads has like ten thousand HP, and if you kill one of the heads, it'll like kind of shrink down and stop attacking you. But then it'll come back with full health. But she has her own health pool, and she's riding inside the heads, and she'll pop out of a head here, pop out of a head there. And if you hit the head that she's riding in, it damages her, her her health pool. So you have to. It's kind of. It's like a. It's an interesting thing because like. She'll switch from head to head, but it doesn't matter. As long as you're hitting the head that she's currently in, she'll take damage. But if you're not, you can sit there and, like, I, I wasted a bunch of time killing the other heads the, mm. I think the, this most recent time that I was playing it. And it took me a couple of tries to beat her because of that. Because I was like, and I was like, wait a minute. I hit her head and I realized, I was like, oh, wait a minute. She's on her own health pool. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, this boss also kind of reminded me of, you know, it's, it's, very Egovania again, like um, the <laughs> chaos. Fight. Yes, it's at, very much chaos. Exactly. Yeah. So at the end of Aria of Sorrow, like mm-hmm. the final, final, final boss is basically this big circle of three circles, like circling the the screen, and yeah, you just kind of have to hit these three things. It's very much almost exactly this fight. Yeah. Only yeah. in in Aria, you just have to kill each of the three heads. I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, then there's like a second phase where it's like the whole room. And yeah, yeah, that 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 the second phase of that fight be too much. But <laughs> yeah, it's. I also don't like multiple boss fights in one area where you can't go back and heal and save and stuff. In in any of these type of games, but that's a, that's a me thing. Yeah, well, I mean, that was why like I was trying to like I I I think it probably took me like maybe ten tries to beat this um, final boss fight. Um, and what I was getting to is I was like trying to get through Dominique without having to use any healing items. Because I knew I was going to need them all for the bail fight. Because there's mm. just so much of the damage bail does that I'm just—it's like really hard to avoid. Like the heads, like if you the getting hit by the heads, especially just like when they walk when they go by you. Yeah, they do. They can do a lot of damage. So I just dis- I discovered that you can use invert, and then the head you're uh, it, it's you're still you're if you invert during the bail fight, the heads are going in like the opposite way you know because you've inverted it oh because you switched that's cool and so then it actually it makes it a lot easier basically as soon as a head's like so you're attacking a head attacking a head attacking a head and then when it gets to the point where you can't attack it anymore you just invert and now it's vulnerable again because it's on now it's it's facing the opposite direction and it's about to be it's if that makes sense so you can basically whatever head she's on you can keep it on the bottom or side at all times, basically keep it from being on the top. Cause when she's on top, the only it's harder to hit. Yeah. Her box isn't really there. Depends on what you're using. If you're using a great sword, um, you swing over the head that can do it. Or if you're using magic, but otherwise whenever she's on top, that's hard. So if you invert, then it becomes easier. So that's, that's kind of what the trick was for me. And once I thought to try using invert, I think it took me two tries. Okay. And then you get some kind of ending that I guess the castle finally disappeared. And then the guy that been with you the whole time says he's going to try to find a way to save her. Yeah, and so that's why I think it leaves it open to, it does leave it open to a sequel. I would like a sequel. It ends with you not sure that everything's going to be okay. I still can't believe this game came out in 2019. (laughs) Three years ago already. Yeah, I'm just, I thought it was older than that. But that's just because it was in the the site guess, because people were talking about it, because of the Kickstarter and everything for so long, that I thought it was out. Plus, I said it was, he first said in 2014, he said he was. Plus, COVID just feels like that was so much longer than what it really was like it was yeah. only two years ago that everything shut down here in minnesota like in march of 2020 we're only in this is may 2022 like it doesn't it feels like so many more years have passed than what it really has been 
Yeah, I, I mean, I live in Texas. We shut down for like three months. So, <laughs> we, in on Long Island in New York, we you know never really reopened until July the year after. Like, we never really reopened. I mean, my I got promoted to a to a job in 2020 of January. We shut down in March for two weeks. They said they still aren't open yet. Yeah, oh, I mean, I don't work there anymore, but I have friends. <laughs> but yeah, they still never reopened that store that I got the manager job of. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. that, that's crazy i'm a teacher we were back in the classroom in august oh like yeah it's just one of those things like Ooh, i just can't believe yeah. it's only been three two years but yeah, yeah. when when bloodstain like came out like so long ago it's such a like a i don't know i guess nostalgic time for me at this point it was right after i graduated college it was like that summer it, i just got my switch as a graduation present too so like this was one of the first games that i got to play on my switch and go through it so I loved it for that aspect, you know, but didn't run great. But just having like nothing to do after graduating, still like applying for jobs and everything. And just like the only thing outside of that was Bloodstained. It's that summer was just basically like Bloodstained and Persona 5 for me, I think. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bloodstained. It, it's it's such a time sink if you want it to be like we were saying before, like it's easy to get caught, you know, just go into the next room. Oh, I'll go to the next save room, you know? But yeah, it, it's, it's great. All right, any last things you want to say before we go on to questions, comments, or memories? I think we covered most stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think we covered it. I actually thought this would be a shorter episode. Now we're almost at hour 36 raw. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with that, but it hit this, the right. That is a short episode. <laughs> yeah. But compared to what I've been recording lately. Oh yes. For the ones that I've been on, when we talk about star Wars for two hours, <laughs> two and a half hours. Talk about Star Wars for longer than the runtime of Star Wars. Yeah. Wait till we cover Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. I'm sure that will go longer than the runtime. All right. From the I Watched the Entire Overload Super Replay group. Uh, first one I got from Jacob Shoemake. Also, the blood grinder that goes, ee, whatever you, you meet. It has some of my favorite of my cousins who watched me play this game. I actually used that guy's ability. And he also, and he, and he said, I also want to say I had a lot of fun with this game. The soundtrack fucking rules. Mm-hmm. And from Sebastian Games, got all the way to final boss with a good ending and could not beat her. That's why you get 50, get 50 or 60 pizzas and you'll be just fine. That's what I did. Because <laughs> I just, there's a, there's a spot in this game where you can farm money really fast, faster if you have that, uh, one of the shards we talked about where you run faster. I would just sit on, I would talk on the phone or, or put a podcast on and just do that for like half an hour. And that's why mm. I got a lot of my money to buy pizza dough and just make tons and tons of pizzas. So yeah, it takes four pizza dough and two cheese to make a pizza in this game, and I will probably have that memorized for a very good yeah. long chunk of my life because I did it too much. All right, I and then say, from, he, he mentioned oh. the heretical grinder shard. That is, yes. by the way, the trick to beating Alucard like super easy. Yeah, I tried it for a couple bosses, but it just didn't do enough damage to make or man, I didn't have an upgrade enough. I don't think, but yeah, that that one I didn't use it for much, but yeah, against against because uh, Alucard or Orlock, he like stands on the ceiling. And you can just sit there and, and like kill him in like 10 seconds with it. That's what I was going to do. And that's why I decided like it wasn't worth it just to, but I did, I, I wanted to do that fight. I, I might, if I have time in a couple, in a, in a month to go back and do that, we shall see. Cause I got a lot of shit planned for this show. That, that is, that is a cool shard that it just looks so cool. So I agree. I wouldn't that. even use it though. If I, if I, if I beat him, I'll just beat the game and be done. Like I'll be done with Miriam's playthrough completely at that point to me. Yeah. No, I would I admit, never the, the, heretic, the heretical grinder shard. You get it early. You get yeah. it like super early. I have it. It's pretty powerful, but I just never use it 
because it's so uh if you miss a fit then you're kind of screwed and you got to stand still and you can't stun lock yeah. people early in this game so exactly that's an issue when you're trying to do that and from the bloodstained ritual night group i got one comment from cody Ladukes or ladoke it really feels like a continuation of Castlevania where Ega left off with Order of Ecclesia. And while I know this was meant to be a selling point, I think the game is lit on the long side for me. It's huge. Also, I'm not crazy about crafting mechanics personally, but fortunately, you don't have to get too crazy with it to beat the game anything. So it's more of a nice option that necessary. It's more of a nice option than necessity. Unless you're going for all the side quests, I probably sound critical, but I honestly love the game as far as a post-release editions. I like classic one a lot. It's essentially, in my opinion, a Castlevania 1 remake with Bloodstained Assets the edges and changes things up while still being familiar, much like Metroid zero mission is to Metroid one. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point about it does have so much stuff in it, but it's almost all optional. Yeah. Which is nice. Yeah. I mean, you don't have, I mean, I didn't, I'm not going to do half yet. I don't, I'm not going to do any of the extra stuff really. Other than like the quest, some of the quests are just ridiculous. God, we didn't talk about that. Yeah. This game has side quests you can do where you can either three different, three different people giving you side quests. I absolutely didn't find the food lady until very end of the game. (laughs) Yeah, they'll say you probably did all the food. I got stuck on her. I could not ever get the materials to make uh, macaroni. I never found her. I only I think yeah, I think macaroni out. was one of the last things I I the, couldn't I, do. The baked macaroni, I never could find the white sauce that you need for the baked macaroni, and I didn't find like it. Up. Yeah, well then you could do it. You'd go back and make her that baked macaroni. I actually only made her the rice ball because I found her after Dominique went missing. Yeah, she does like rice. She's balls in the room. Fish. Yeah, she has rice ball, then French fries, then pizza, then macaroni, and uh, but yeah, I never could figure. I never out talked to her. Yep. I did the one the quest giver that wants you to kill certain enemies. I did all her quests. I finished her completely. Yeah, the, the woman who wants you to give her items, she wanted the fake ses- God, what the hell is that thing called? Chrysogen, Chrysogen. Yeah. But I never, so I, I never found it. Oh, I, I, I got care. two of them. I I gave her mine and then went and got another one so I could keep using it. <laughs> I just didn't care at that point. I was like, yeah, it's the Rava Baral or something like that. But I did all the all the kill stuff. I did that quest. Yeah, so did I. But it's cool that they're there. I mean, that's another thing that helped you like just give you extra things to do in the game and extra reason to farm, which in in turn will give you extra experience, will make you level up, which in turn make the game easier. Like it's a yeah, it's nice because some people don't want to just grind for hours. I'm one of them, but. I mean, this game, I mean, these type of games I can, but just having that aspect gives you more of a reason to grind. Like, that's one reason why this game yeah. hits so many things for me, because I could grind and get crafting. Items. I could grind and get money. I could grind and get this. And it kept me going. So Yeah. All right. And then from the Metrovania group uh, from Mason Ridgeway, easily one of the best. And for good reason. I don't remember the exact name, but I seen a former Simpson Knight employee directed it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Jason Town. Awesome game. I really enjoyed it. Great gameplay and music. Uh, from Renato Orlando, is it, it it is really good as they say around in question mark. I have always had some doubts in buying it. It's a great game, man. <laughs> All right. And from David Boyce, my wife and I went through this game so many times. First three playthroughs, one for each difficulty, then Zangetsu mode, then another half dozen for randomizer mode, and another run for bloodless mode. I think the only game we ever collaboratively <laughs> pump more time into would be Hades. Wow. Wow. And yeah, that's a, that's a lot. Oh, I posted another Metrovania group. <laughs> from Matt Terrell, my understanding is it had a bad launch. I didn't play it until a year or so later, but I enjoyed it. That was for the Switch, right? That had the bad yeah. launch? I think yeah, only the Switch, Switch version had the bad launch, because I remember seeing reviews for everything else being like, on PC and on Xbox, on PS4, everything is, like, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And from M- Miguel Nunes, I like to try it, but as a Switch owner, maybe it could not be the best experience. Hope you have fun and enjoy it. Well, 
we just talked. <laughs> it's improved. Yeah. Oh, you know what? They, the other patch it to where it plays wonderfully on Switch now. Yeah. The other, actually, I just remember the other discourse that it had when it when it launched was that it was missing a ton of the stretch goals that were promised. Oh. So people were very upset that like there wasn't enough content <laughs> when it first launched. But they were like, no, we have a whole roadmap ahead. And then like you know, three years just later, to everything. Just wanted be able to play the game. Yeah. But like, three, yeah. I think that's a better way to do it anyway. Like have, you know, you beat the game, you put it down, and then you find out, oh, now you can play as Aurora. Now you can play as Zengetsu. Now you can do Boss Rush. And it keeps you coming back. Right. But there, I remember there were also a, a couple of things that people were upset with that there were things on the stretch goals that weren't, that were promised, that were never delivered, but different things were instead. Like, I believe it was originally supposed to be a roguelike mode. And oh. instead of that, they did uh-huh. the randomized uh, randomization mm. mode. yeah like I'll, there were people that were upset about like missing things from the campaign probably realized they couldn't do it oh yeah yeah, yeah. i mean you know 2014 26 you know the kit when they're 20 whenever the kickstarter was and the game doesn't come out 2019 i'm sure a lot of things changed that they just couldn't do that they wanted to yeah yeah that's how i look at it and from from song gold it's symphony night meets area sorrow with unfortunate graphics i don't agree with that but okay I agree with the first part. It's not. I love the graphics, but I guess. Yeah, I think the graphics are great. I guess. I mean, I don't. Like I said, I'm not a big fan of Miriam's design, but that's because you're not into anime waifu. Yeah, I'm not. So. I mean, I get. And from Victor Castro, uh, same. But I'm a big Metrovania fan, but never played this for some reason. You should. You really should. All right. And this one from Joshua B. It it lacked good music comparatively, but the vastness and weapon and combat options is great. Bosses were fun. Switch Sport has long load times and crashed on me a few times. Be sure to save copiously. But again, that's been patched out. But yeah, you can just see how many complaints people had about the Switch version. Yeah, it, it was not great. Like some load screens would be full like 10 seconds between rooms. Like I remember one of the worst parts about it was you could jump up. Like if you were jumping up into the room above you, you would wait for like 10, 15 seconds for the room to load. And like, you know, maybe look to the side, do something else. And then before you know it, you've jumped back down into the room below and you have to wait another 15 seconds. It it was it was not great. That's not something you want. (laughs) All right. And then the last group I'm going to read from official Leisure Time community where I met Carrie from Uh, from Jordan Kirby. I like this game a lot, but I don't think it quite reaches the peak of the best Castlevania game since Unite, Order of Ecclesia, Dawn of Sorrow, Arius House. Still was a lot of fun, though. Eh, I disagree. I haven't played all of them. I have never played Order Ec- Ecclesia. I do not like that word, by the way. Or Dawn of Sorrow, but so far to me, I think I enjoy this more than Symphony of Night. I know that's blasphemy to say, it, but I think I did. Yeah, I don't know if I enjoyed this more than Symphony of the Night. I, I Among all of the Egovania, Castlevania games, I you know still haven't played Portrait of Ruin or Order of Ecclesia, but I would say this is maybe better than Dawn of Sorrow, not as good as mm-hmm. Aria. Or Symphony of the Night. It's like, it's right in there. But like, I mean, all these games, all the Egovania games are. You know. For me, it's the crafting. The, or yeah. especially the cooking. The cooking for me makes makes this game better than Symphony of the Night. Because I had Symphony of the Night. Because I had other things to do. I never played Dawn of Sorrow. Area Sorrow I enjoy, but I had problems with it. I feel like, for me, you know, Symphony of the Night is just like, it's almost a perfect game for me where I can just, at any time, I could just sit down and play it for an hour, no matter what what I'm doing. It's just like, I love this game. I, I, I still, I think Aria is probably, like, objectively better, but it just, 
it's something about Symphony of the Night just perfectly hits everything for me. But I feel like this game does, like like Josh said, it fits right in there with Aria and Dawn of Sorrow. If you like Aria of Sorrow, if you like Dawn of Sorrow, this is just more of that. And with so, elements from Order of Ecclesia. With elements from Order of Ecclesia, right. Right. Yeah. I mean, this Which game I also haven't played. I haven't played Order of Ecclesia or Portrait of Ruin. So. I, Portrait of Ruin I really like, except for that final fight in Portrait of Ruin. We'll test you. That's all I'm going to say. So, really good damn game. Play Portrait of Ruin, though, if you get the chance. It, it It's way better than people give it credit for. Yeah, and that was the other thing I actually heard about Order of Ecclesia, is that it's, like, the hardest one. I've heard that, too. Yeah. I'm daunting when I get to that eventually. But I, I would own it, except for the fact that when I was collecting DS games, like I had Portrait Ruin, with, I wanted the cases, and finding DS games with the case, especially oh, for no. that was, I mean, I was going to GameStop, yeah. and so I want to pay a decent price, and yes, fuck no, and I only I only had Portrait Ruin, but I, I'll emulate them. <laughs> I almost got, there's there's an expo that goes around me, Too Many Games Expo, um, oh, yeah. in Philadelphia, and when I went back in October, I almost got a Aria of Sorrow uh, inbox, like complete inbox for like, 85 bucks but i i missed out on it and i'm very upset that i did because <laughs> that was actually a pretty good deal and it, it was is right, yeah. i couldn't do it but yeah that was a good deal and it was yeah. right before the uh, collection was announced i believe so right the collection i out. i need to i want to buy the advanced collection i'm just waiting for a 50 percent off sale and i'm gonna buy it for sure even though i yeah. i want to support them but i can't pay that, for that's uh, like i was saying i mean i've i've now bought I bought it on virtual console and then I bought the advanced collection too. So I, I'm good. I don't need to, I don't need to own the physical version. No, I, I yeah. emulate, but I don't need to own it. But I, I do, if they make a DS version, like a DS collection, which I, I wish they would, that I might buy pretty quick on steam because I, the emulating DS games is not the easiest thing in the world or look the greatest. No. Yeah. It's, it's pretty hard to get a good DS emulation going, which is why, again, you know, like I was saying before, I, I'd rather get the physical versions if I can. Because also, you know, just like I love playing on a DS, you know, just like mm-hmm. physically holding one. So if if you can do that, you know, it just feels 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 right, like how the game was supposed to be done. Yeah, I mean, I think I think if they're gonna shut down shops and everything and make it where you have to pay collectors absor- absorbent prices, then the time is right to get yourself a 2DS XL and uh, and homebrew it. Yeah, yeah, or brush off your old 3DS XL because we know that that thing sold like hotcakes. And I have one. <laughs> everyone yeah. has one. Yeah, yeah. I'll oh, say I have a I have a 3DS XL that I I just want to get a I want to get the new want to get one of the new ones that has a little more processing power before I homebrew it. <laughs> oh, and a couple more I want to read. One from Alan Matthew. I was a Kickstarter background. It's the only thing I have ever crowdfunded, and I don't regret any penny. Fantastic game. From Jimmy Hustleman, I had a lot of fun with both Curse of the Moon one and two. Also, All right here's a here's a good one that a little different than us. From Matthew Halber, I was so looking forward to this and it never clicked with me, and I can only blame my allergy to anime aesthetics, which makes me feel like a dummy. Played the shit out of Ritual of the, of the Moon though, glad or Curse of the Moon. Glad it's working for most people. It seems. Yeah, that was the that was a big thing. I remember when the announcement of this game came was like, like there was some pushback about how anime it was. Yeah, uh, some of the arts. I I remember when I first saw it, I was kind of pushed back. I was like, oh, that's just another anime Japanese game. I I can I can definitely see that. I um, I, I anime aesthetic doesn't bother me. I'm just not a fan of like I said, the cheesecake thing is the thing that I don't like. Is <laughs> more I don't know what it is, but it just like. And nothing wrong with it. You have yeah. 
you don't like having exploitation in a sense. Like, I get it. There's nothing wrong with I that. Guess, I guess. I don't know what it is. But. Well, because it can lead. I mean, in this game, it doesn't. But, I mean, the idea of exploitation of women can has led to terrible things. And with you being a history teacher, you know exactly what those oh, terrible yeah. things have, are more than other people yeah, do. So. I, don't, I don't mean to be like, oh, it's because of that. I, I don't know what it but is. No, but no, I, I feel like that could definitely does turn me off. Be subconscious. But, but the anime aesthetic in general doesn't bother me at all. Like, I, I do like it in general. I love Zangetsu. Like, I am very much a weeb. I love Zangetsu. Yeah. Zangetsu also, like, voiced by David Hader. We didn't really talk about the voice yeah, cast either. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was that was one of the great things that I saw when the, you know, a great announcement from the game was like, David Hader is coming on to voice like a main character in the game. And it's like, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's Zangetsu. about that. Yeah. I like that. Okay. And they had the original Alucard voice actor. OD, right? Yeah, he yeah he played OD, which is basically Alucard. Right. Yeah. And I have Orlock Dracul. Two more comments to read. Uh, one from Rob McQueen. I love it. It's always risky to take the core idea and shove it into a new IP, but Iga and company did a great job here. The Curse of the Moon games are unexpected bonuses, especially the first one, because it would just kind of launch while Blood's name was still in production. Like, surprise, working on this whole game as well. Speaking of, I guess I had better get back to playing this with Child of Light DLC. <laughs> and last one from Chris L. I really like Curse of the Moon, but wasn't sure what to expect with a big game since I played so many Metrovanias. But something about it just clicked, and I still don't know why I liked it so much more than other games in that style. Symphony Night's my favorite game of all time, tied with Mario World. And Ritual of the Night somehow recaptured that. Also, Curse of the Moon 2 is amazing. Yeah, Curse of the Moon 2 is it's really good. Yeah, I've, I've got to make sure to buy that while the, the 3DS eShop is still open. Yeah, I think I think it made my top ten list that year, last year, two years ago, whenever it came out. But okay. Yeah, because yeah, the I, the fir- I love the first one. The first one's very good. And because yeah. I forgot to do this, I'm gonna do the I'm gonna do the Steam code giveaway now. Ooh. <laughs> so this is for Sonic and Stega, Sega All Stars Racing Steam code. The Steam code is E two E V M A seven Q L I zero D M two B. All right, and there is your Steam code for Sonic and Sega All Stars Racing for Steam. Hopefully, Very somebody nice. uses it. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. All right. I think we should go on to Shelf Stacker Box. And Carrie, why don't you go first? Oh, I mean Shelf for sure. Like this is. I'm probably gonna. It's probably gonna play this game again in the next month. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm going to put this on the shelf also. I was blown away with this game. Like I said a little bit before, I couldn't sleep. Like there was there was a night where I, I just wanted to go to sleep so I could wake up in the morning, before, take my wife to work, and then I have like two hours before I have to go to work and just play this damn game. And instead, I didn't sleep, stayed up, played the game. In the morning, was tired, woke up, like I'm going to take a nap, couldn't sleep again, and sleep and play the game some more for another hour. <laughs> I have That never happens to me. I, I got obsessed with this game, and I going on the shelf, I loved it. I want to play it more or I, I definitely want to go be od and i want to try thing get to mode but i need to play other stuff so i but i might get to it when i if i have time because it's just that good oh what about yeah. you josh yeah absolutely shelf if i had a physical copy which i honestly should probably get i would it's it's going up on the shelf i remember when i first got it i had wanted the physical copy so i could shelve it and uh, it got, the shipment got delayed so i just bought it digitally but i <laughs> might get like ps4 copy or something physically <laughs> It's limited run, right? For this game? Yeah, limited run. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought about doing that too. 
I don't collect the physical anymore after I moved. I, I learned not to. I, I, I just I just got tired of it because I own over probably over a thousand games, I want to say, physically. Yeah, same here. And yeah, I'm I, like, you know, I, this ain't fun. I started uh, selling a lot of my physical collection and buying digital recently just because I, I don't put anything on display. And so it's like, what am I doing with this anymore? So It's all on display in my basement now. <laughs> yeah, I had two. I had a complete inbox of uh, Chrono Trigger. Oh, I sold it. I sold it in 2017. If I just held on to it, it's more. It's like almost doubled. I think I sold it for like 380. Oh, wow! I I have the cartridge actually straight above my head right now on on display, but I don't. I when I was a kid, I threw away SNES boxes, so I don't have the. Uh, I don't have. I kept all my boxes and manuals. So I say complete box. I actually kept the. I kept the uh, the uh, (laughs) the two posters, and I sold the rest. So the box and the manual. Uh, Okay. So, but yeah, it's like 380, 385. Uh, Cause yeah, I was like, well, I have it on, I have it on DS. So that's the best version. So I don't read, you know, mm. I don't need the Super Nintendo version anymore. <laughs> yeah. My friend just moved and she went through all her old parent stuff and all her old video. She's like, yeah, I know my parents have old video games. They never threw anything out. So we'll see what they have. And like, she doesn't care cause she doesn't like hoarding stuff. And, uh, but I like had to force her to save these games and not just like, <laughs> throw the boxes out because she had like a ton of super nintendo games in box she had um super mario rpg complete in box like for super nintendo what was the other one she had a link to the past mega man x just like a bunch of blogger games. games yeah games. I, yeah I, I kept like almost everything in box so i like i i sold um like mega man 3 mega man 5 chrono trigger maximum carnage mario kart super mario kart super mario world a few others, like all with everything, manuals, inserts, everything before the pandemic. And then now prices have skyrocketed. And I'm like, if I just held on to it for a couple more years. Right. Yeah. And the I thing is, like, like 2017, she, I just sold almost most of my physical games. Yeah. And the thing is, like, she was either going to throw them out, you know, <laughs> and, and I'm like, no, you don't throw them out, sell them. She's like, I'm not going to sell them. I'm not going to go. Like, she had tried to sell some things before, nothing sold. And I'm like, yeah. well, like, just, don't <laughs> take care of them because those are those things are like precious. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, especially now. Definitely don't throw. Definitely don't throw them out. If you don't want it, then sell it, make some money, or just but, give it away to Goodwill or something. Or or give it away so we can buy. You'll it. make somebody super happy that will have no idea who you are. That will just be che- just just excited. So yeah. yeah, I mean that. I at one point was gonna sell a bunch of my games. I I got I gave a well, I just dropped off a whole bunch to Goodwill like of my sports games because I was a 360 collector. So I just had a insane amount of stupid sports games for absolutely no reason i'm like why do i have these and i just grabbed them all and went here you go away they went yeah it's just one of those things well achieve i was an achievement whore so i, I but I, I tried to sell other copies of my stuff and i i picked it up put it in the car went to the store went nope and turned around and it went right back in the shelf and that's where it's nice i couldn't <laughs> i couldn't do it i just can't I, I i won't i don't really collect anymore oh i collect steam names on, on my steam list i can go oh look at everything i own i'll never play and that's all that's all i do now so <laughs> Yeah, if there's, like, you know, if I had digital editions of all of my physical games, I'd consider it, but I have so many retro games. I mean, I... I do with my PS2 collection. I have almost I have every PS2 game and GameCube game on a on a on a on a weird little square next to me that's next to me, but you know, still have the actual copies. But that's a different thing. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's not the same, but yeah. I'm all right. I think I should introduce what we're talking about next week. Uh, next week we are gonna be covering Super Mario Sunshine. Do you get to look forward to that? 
And it's from my favorite year ever, 2002. One of the best years of gaming, I think. Oh, God. I hope you're being sarcastic. No. Metroid Prime. Yeah, okay, there's our good games, but you should look at all the shit in 2002. We did an episode of Year in Game about 2002. I was on that. That was oh yeah, what the hell are I talking about? I was, I was, I was just rattling them off. There's lots. Okay, of there's good ones, but Robotech Battle Cry. I mean, there's just. <laughs> ugh, I King talked about that. All right, that's 2002. Eternal well, you can hear all about that already out Splinter last Cell, week. Metroid, out in Metroid Fusion. <laughs> yes, okay, there's Sly hmm. Cooper, Morrowind, oh, Sly Cooper. Ratchet and Clank One, Ratchet and Clank One is shitty, by the way. Yeah. First one. Really, oh. you don't like Ratchet and Clank One? Not the first one. Ooh, that's a that's a demon hot take <laughs> nor did we did an episode about that too and i don't think none of us are really that crazy um, star about wars one. bounty hunter <laughs> it was that, that's an episode too oh, we, i wasn't crazy about that game but i yeah, played it wrong. i was, I was the, oh, the first winter cell that game i yeah. played i've that. never tony played hawk, the first winter cell or any my favorite tony hawk tony hawk 4 never played any winter cells yet i need to remedy that one resident evil yeah, remake I, yeah okay fine there's good games for us wind waker medieval total war the Buffy the Vampire Slayer game. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think that... Oh, and yeah. Carrie, where can people find you at? Hey, so I'm Carusetta, K-E-R-O-O-S-E-T-A on Twitch and TikTok. I repair and modify video game consoles and play a whole lot of Souls games and occasionally Castlevania. <laughs> All right. And Josh, you don't have anything to plug, do you? Well, yeah, I stream on Twitch. Um, oh, I haven't streamed sure. in about a month. I took some time off, but... Yeah, uh, I mean Leafeon at, on Twitch. I mean Leafeon, uh, like the Pokemon. And then at Schwa Camel on, on Twitter, S-H-U-A-C-A-M-E-L on Twitter. But yeah, I just finished Dark Souls, and I had started, I was only a couple streams into Final Fantasy VI. Well, Final Fantasy III, the original on Super Nintendo, so I've been <laughs> playing through that. Yeah. Okay, and you will see a link in the show notes to both of them in here. Yep. I apologize. I didn't I forgot to ask that you had anything to stream so I didn't or had anything to plug so I forgot to have you do it in the beginning of the opening. Yeah, I just follow, I followed you on Twitch. Oh, awesome. Thank you. I don't use Twitch like I should. <laughs> I follow a few people, but I I don't even I don't even load it up. I just have it. I need to make it one day. All right. And if you enjoyed this episode, you can hear over 300 other episodes on this podcast. If you can't find what you're looking for on Spotify or iTunes, use Podbean. Everything is on Podbean. You get our whole catalog. We do movies, we do comics, we do games, we do all sorts of shit. Just go look at it. You'll find something, I'm sure. You'll find something you want to listen to in the wee hours of working. And I want to give a shout out to my awesome intro outro, courtesy of Helena at Hell Hasphere. You can follow her on TikTok. And give a shout out to my buddy Bill Tucker, who did the who started his own podcast, a gamer looks at 40. He did all the MCU movies with me. We covered the Infinity Saga. And he's going to help me when we do more eventually, because we're insane. Slowly, slowly, I want to cover more of the Marvel movies. Every time I watch them, I go, man, I love these movies. I want to cover more. And then I'm like, what are you thinking, Mike? <laughs> Every time. Like, it is a, it is a, it's a challenge. Yeah, it's hard when the show started. I'm just like, I just don't care. I just got overwhelmed and I haven't. We only cover WandaVision so far in phase four. And Black Widow is planned to record. That's it. So eh, we'll see. And if you would, I think that's everything I yeah, Please follow us on Twitter, Facebook. Instagram, YouTube, we're only audio, but we're on YouTube. And we have a Patreon. For as little as a dollar, you can go vote in our Patreon. The current poll is sequel poll, Resident Evil, Venom Let There Be Carnage, Resident Apocalypse, Venom Let There Be Carnage, Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, or Blade 2, and Blade 2 is currently winning. You have until the end of this of May 2022 to vote in that. So you will hear this right before the end of May. So you have a little bit of time to donate a dollar and vote. So help us out. 
It helps the show out, makes me happy to see people vote and care what I put on the poll. So, hey, we'll do that. All right, and I think that's everything I need to say. So we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.